Welcome to the PopGo Project Podcast, a platform for the discussion and discovery of arts and entertainment. We focus on highlighting people and events that add value to the world around us. Visit us on all social media platforms by searching The PopGo Project or visit our website at thepopgoproject.com. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for listening. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Are you still cutting your own grass? Are you still trying to get your landscaping to look perfect on your own? That sounds sweaty. That sounds like a lot of work. That sounds like a job for Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Family-owned and operated Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services, located on Kern Street in Exeter near Blue Ribbon Dairy, has the quality and experience to get your yard looking its best. The Garden Center offers plants, trees, sod, mulch, rocks, flowers, topsoil, grass seed, straw bales, and much more while the Lawn and Landscaping Services offers mowing, trimming, planting, and full landscaping. And also new at Keller's Garden Center is the Zen Chaser Bonsai Studio, offering bonsai trees, supplies, and classes. Visit them on their social media page for more info. Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Get your free estimate today. Is that it? Yes, that is it. Dimate's <laughs> food fight. Dude, how are you? I'm doing good. We got the sign right there. We got the yeah. sign right there. Yeah, man. Yeah. Got the red jacket in the background. I love it. You got the red jacket in the back. I haven't worn it. I haven't worn it in a while. There's probably probably some dust up on the uh on the shoulders up there. I usually dust pretty good, but I don't think I dusted that off. I gotta bring it down there one of these days. It's been a little while. Well, I'm glad we finally got to do this. I think I, I reached out to you like back in April. I uh, I, I sat down with uh, Jim Mirabelli, who mm-hmm. uh, does the NEPA uh, pizza review page. Uh, I'm actually wearing one of his hats. Um, no offense to you. Um, oh, I love it. Jim's, I know. Jim's I know. We'll get into all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, this hat, um, there's actually a store by the time this airs, the store will be closing today. So if you see this and watching this, uh, you can get one of these hats. Uh, uh, you go to his page. Uh, he's got a, an online store through Axelrad, and uh, the proceeds are going to the United Way. You can get a hat. There's uh, shirts and there's uh, hoodies available. So Very nice. back now, the store closes tonight at midnight. So um, yeah, so I was talking to him, and it was funny because I've known Jim for a long time. He was one of my he was on episode uh, 16 when I started this, and then he joined me for, I think it was like episode like 135, and uh, we talked about you, actually, because it was funny. Like To me, Jim is the OG Pennsylvania pizza guy, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, Jim, who's this other guy? Who's this handsome guy with this this strong jaw, the nice <laughs> beard? He's that. running around with a red <laughs> jacket on. Like He told me about you, and he's like, oh, yeah. You know, that's Brian, and we, you know, we, uh, we collaborate here and there. He's a great guy, yada yada yada. I was like, okay, cool, because he's got this page, the 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 food fight page. I thought maybe we we're gonna have a pizza fight, you guys, you know. But uh, he's like, yeah, you should hit him up and talk to him. So actually, after that episode aired, I uh, I hit you up shortly after, and um, I'm I'm glad it didn't play out right away because you actually appeared shortly after our initial conversation on yes. on the stacks. 
Yeah, I did. Uh, I shout did, out yeah. Billy Corcoran. Um, he's got a, a great podcast uh, on the stacks. And that that's cool because it would have uh, kind of clashed, you know. It would have been yeah, yeah. This is, it worked out. It worked out the way it needed to work out. Yeah. Well, what's funny? Yeah. He just had Jim on his. So yeah, I, I don't watch it yet. I just be last, this at, at this point. It'll be last week. So go check out Jim's interview with uh, Bill Corcoran on the stacks. Like I said, Bill's got a, a great product and he's doing some pretty cool things. And um, it's funny because. You know, you guys are the pizza guys, and I was like, "Are they fighting?" And it's cool to have like these collaborations. And um, you know, I, I always, I always bust Bill's balls, and I say that I, I prep uh, his guests for the big show. Like his, his is the big show. He's got the studio, the lights, all the cameras, all that kind of shit. <laughs> He's had a, a few of my the guests that I've had, and I, I, I bust his balls saying that, um, you know, I, I prep. I prepped them for him. <laughs> you get him. You get him ready for him. Yeah, I hear yeah. you. <laughs> but he got. He got. Opposite, opposite, opposite way around. Now he prepped me. I know. I know. For your show. I know. See that? So it's funny how you know it's, it's nice to have this little NEPA collaborative uh, community and support and all that kind of stuff. And we're all just trying to do uh, cool things and and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, so. To me, you kind of popped up out of nowhere. I'm like, who is this Brian guy? Who's this guy with the red jacket doing these pizza reviews? Um, yeah. You know, and it was very like, you know, Jim was very like, I don't want to, how do I say? He's like just very kind of like, um, I don't know how, how you would describe it, but just kind of like thought out. And not that you're not thought out, but like you were just like, it was like kind of like on the cuff. It was just like very it like was. organic and. Which is cool. Learned as I went. Learned as I went. You know, I it started off with when I moved to Kingston last year, it was just about a year ago. That Pizza Hut in Kingston, the Pizza Hut Express, yeah, around the block from me, they were they were taking their time opening it. They're having delays, all that kind of stuff. And I was going for a walk, and I took a picture of it, and I made a little post on my on my regular Facebook page saying like, "Hey, who knows what's going on with this?" Right? And people are interested with it. But every couple of weeks when I go for my walk or my run, I would take another picture and post it again. Remember the first time I wanted to take a video, like a live video of like the Pizza Hut? I was so, there was no one around. It was 8.30 in the morning. There was nobody around. I was so nervous doing it. Like people were just staring at me. I, I walked around the block one extra time just to do it again. Now I just bust out the phone and the microphone and go around and do stuff now. But that's, that's how it started. Just by that Pizza Hut Express. Pizza Hut started it all. Pizza started it all. Um, this the nostalgia of the Pizza Hut. It started it all, and you know, I just kept on making posts, and <clears throat> then I got connected with um, my buddy Mike Paltano, who owns Tuxedo Junction. He knew the owner of that place, and uh, he hooked me up with him. He, he was giving me inside information, and then I'm constantly asking Mike. I'm like, "Oh, Mike, what's going on?" He finally got in touch with the owner. Then me and the owner stayed in touch, and so I kept on making updates. And then I, I don't know if you saw the video. I ended up make I ended up uh, buying the first stuffed crust pizza from the from that shop. You got the first one, the first one. That's the sweet. first one. And then, uh, yeah, and then uh, the video got shared on the Valley page, so it went viral for a little while, like twenty five, thirty thousand views. That was pretty cool, and that's what really kicked off, kicked everything off. And then in the meantime, I was doing other stuff, but like I was eating the pizza and videotaping it, and then doing the review afterwards. And people were like. Eat the pizza in the, in the review. I'm like, no one wants to watch me eat pizza. In the, I don't want to watch myself eat pizza. Right. It is weird. But people right? ask. Yeah, it's weird. People ask for it, though. And, you know, my views have gone up. My following has gotten bigger. And I'm having more fun doing it. 
Yeah. I just do it in my car. And it's, it's, it's fun now. It's, it's I, I have a lot of fun. I'm used to it now. I'm not as nervous as I used to be. Because it was nerve-wracking at first. But and honestly, nobody cares if you're sitting in your car and making pizza videos. It, it's it's weird, dude. Like I uh, I did one food review. Um, I, I have a connection with McDonald's. And uh, they were releasing their like new crispy chicken sandwich. This is like early 2021. So it was 2021, maybe February, March. And... Um, yeah, they're like, hey, like we want you to like review the food. We'll give you food for the office, blah blah blah. And I, I don't know how many takes I did. Maybe it was only like one or two, but it felt like a lot. But I'm in my car, and I'm like, and I'm chewing. Like I'm like, who wants to watch me like chew this burger? Like food mm-hmm. falling out of my mouth. Like, <laughs> but that's what like people want now. It's weird. It's, it's like they want to see it. They yeah, want to see like, it. I wish, I wish I was a, a little bit younger because like I'm 40 years old, and I just, I, I grew up. Maybe I just missed that whole like. Um, you know, uh, constant like selfies and all that kind of shit. It's just, it's not me. You know, it's just, it's just weird for me to do. I, I feel very awkward doing it. It's just, uh, so I give a lot of credit to those who can because it's not, it's not easy. It took me time to get used. I'm an outgoing person, but when it comes to stuff like that, I was even doing it in my house. And it's not like there were live videos. So I'm just going to do it. I get to redo it. I would get like start a little sweat, get a little nervous. But now, but that just took the more and more you do it, just like when you learn jujitsu, the more and more you do it, the easier it gets. Well, not so much jujitsu, but you know, the food, the food reviews have gotten much easier. Especially if you're sitting in the car and you're eating, they don't want they don't want to watch you eat the whole thing. You have to edit that part. You gotta right. get the first bite, do a chew, and then boom, cut to the end. So I'm starting to learn that more. Uh once, once I downloaded that in shot app where you make the videos my videos have changed in shot yeah, it's fantastic in shot it's called in shot hmm. i make my videos on there you can do it on the computer on the ipad or running your phone that's how i get the picture and picture up there and all the editing up there it's amazing i don't think i even scratched the surface yet i what you could do on that but that's where my videos went from they went from here to like maybe like right here now you know okay. getting a little bit better you know what i mean and they're getting better and better and better and you know People want to see you eat pizza, so I'm eating the pizza now in the car. You know, I'm, I, and then when I walk into the pizza places, I give them my sticker for the food fight page. I tell them I do a little review, and if they want to talk a little bit more, they do. If they're not, I just pay for my pizza and I leave. Yeah. Uh, do you have and a lot of people who don't? Is there other people who don't want to be involved? Talk at all? Um, so I don't really walk in the store. I, I, I used, I was getting like you see, I, I have a bunch of pictures in the back of me. I was getting pictures with people from the pizza places. So this depends on how like how busy they are and how I feel when I walk in there. Um, a lot of the times, they're like, oh that's cool. I'll, I'll check it out. You know what I mean? So they check it out. But like I used to like getting pictures with them. But then if they're busy, I feel like hey, you want to get a picture with me and take a selfie with them. So I don't really do it as much as I used to do. So right. I want to go in, pay for my pizza, and go out. Let, let the review do this stuff for I'll tag them in there and people share it. So I, I keep it positive. I don't know people that follow my page. I don't post bad reviews. I might post a bad review from like a chain restaurant or like McDonald's or Burger King or something like that because, you know, they've been around forever. They're not a mom and pop shop on the corner that makes their food every day. And, you know, just one day, someone might be, I worked in the restaurant business for 20 years. So you could have one or two bad days of cooking, and it's not fair to judge a restaurant or a pizza place based off one time. Now, don't get me wrong. If I go to a place and the food's bad three times in a row, I'm not going back there. 
I'm also not going to talk about it. There's no need for me to tell anyone, oh, this pizza sucks at this place. I've had bad pizza. There's a lot of reviews I, I have never posted. But I do the review automatically just in case. But if it's bad or I don't like it, I just don't talk about it anymore. Yeah, Jim so does I, the same thing. Jim never, yeah. posts, Jim never posts a bad review. Yeah, it's weird. Because, like, I mean, I, I agree with that, right? I mean, you want to you be, you know, a positive influence on the area. You don't want to be talking shit on places. Like, it's you know, who are you really? I mean, like, you know. Yeah food and, and taste is subjective just like music is like you know it could be just you know you don't like that pizza per se right exactly but, but also like you know do you think that we we uh you know if we're somebody who like makes a bad product and no one's going to tell us that it sucks like i mean maybe someone should you're not you're not wrong you're absolutely yeah. not wrong you know but these restaurants have been in business for uh for for a long time and just because I don't like the pizza doesn't mean that you're not going to like the pizza. Right. I hear what you're saying 1,000%. And there's a lot of times I want to go on my page. I want to blast this place or maybe blast that place for it's not too clean inside or the car and bad customer service. You know what I mean? But again, I just don't want to bring that to my – my page would probably be doubled in followers if I brought in, I brought yeah, in right? those negative reviews. Yeah. You know, definitely, probably more than likely. But I just don't like that kind of – that kind of feedback, you know what I mean? I just don't. Um, for a small example, um, I'm not going to say any names, but I made a comment on this one pizza I saw um, on Life on my normal page, and I was joking around about it. Um, but the but the, the owner of the the owner of the place, you know, messaged me and said like, "Oh, what'd you say about that about my pizza?" I'm like, I just said about like what was on the pizza. I just don't like blue cheese, you know what I mean? And there was like a blue cheese swirl on there. I'm like, is that blue cheese? And my buddy Mike was like, yeah. I'm like, oh, not for me. Because he knows I hate blue I hate blue cheese. I'm like, what a passion. I just don't not. Don't bring me near blue cheese, right? And that was a joke. But I should have realized like what I do on my food page and my personal page kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. And the guy and the guy saw it, messaged me, was, like, was upset from it. Like, why would you say that about my pizza? Have you ever tried it? I'm like, you know what? You're right. I was misunderstanding. I explained it to him and everything was cool after that. But I felt bad about that. So that goes back to me being, if I go on there and just blast the place, I'm going to get feedback from that. And I just don't want to, I don't want to deal with that. I work in Wilkes-Barre in the public. I work at Wilkes-Barre MMA, Good Tree MMA down in Wilkes-Barre. And, you know, my face is out there on the internet and I don't want any I don't want any, any any bad vibes, any bad any bad yeah. publicity, anything bad. I just don't I don't want that in my life. At 42, I lived a dirty life for a long time when I was younger. I like to keep things positive and go like that, you know. You're 42 right now. You're 42. 42. You look yeah. great for 42. You said you're you said you're I didn't think you were 40. You said you were yeah. 40. I'm like I got you beat by 2 years, bro. Bro, if you saw this dad bod I'm, uh, that, that I hide below this uh the screen here. Like, yeah, he's <laughs> He's a fat 40 fuck. <clears throat> hey, man, it's never too late. You want to come and take a free class? I know. I know. I'm dude. a personal trainer, too. If you need some extra help, I'm, I'm right there for you. I want to talk about all that. I want to talk more about the, oh, yeah. the, the food. I want to talk about your Please. MMA life. I know you just had a fight okay. recently. Yeah. Um, but, like, I want to know more about who Brian D. Matei is. Like, where did, where are you from in NEPA, Northeastern Pennsylvania? Like, did you grow up here? Like, and I, you kind of alluded to uh, maybe a, a, I don't know what you said, if, if it's a scummy life or whatever you said uh, a few minutes ago, yeah. but like there's a story there, right? 
Um, yeah, there's a, there's so, a story. There's absolutely and, a story there. And I know that you you kind of talked about it on Bill's podcast. I, I I wanted to watch it and listen to it because I wanted to kind of have an idea of what we were getting into. But I also, I didn't listen to it because I didn't want to know. I, I want to find out about who you are. And I felt okay. like if, if I knew about it, All right. if I listened to it, I'd be like, oh, well, I don't need to talk to you then because we're already we've already done it. So tell me who Brian DiMatteo is. All right. Well, I grew up in NEPA. I grew up in, I was born and raised in Old Forge. Okay. Uh, pizza capital of the world. Pizza, the you real pizza capital of the world. You were born for this, yeah. Born for this. New New Haven, Connecticut is not the pizza capital of the world. It might be the New York style round pizza, thin round pizza pizza capital of the world, but they're not the Old Forge pizza capital of the world. Anyways, that's where I grew up. I lived there with the Old Forge High School. Uh had a you know normal childhood, good childhood. Um, you know, then I studied. You know, then I, I played football. I played sports, powerlifting, all that kind of stuff. Um, baseball, again, like you know, pretty much normal stuff going on to about stuff, 15, yeah. 16 years old. Yeah, and then you know, then someday in one day in school after football season was over, somebody asked me if I wanted to go smoke pot at lunch. I'm like. Yeah, sure. I got nothing else to do. I'll, go, I'll come smoke. I'll go smoke some pot at lunch behind behind Antonio's Pizza on Main Street, which is no longer there. This pizza. So, did you, did you live in this area your whole life? Yes. Yep. Did, did you ever happen to go to Old Forge when you were younger? There was Antonio's Pizza across the street from Turkey Hill on Main Street. It used to be a, it's a Chinese restaurant now by Colocero's Pizza on that plaza. So and I grew pizza, up. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, please. No, no, I, I I grew up in Hunlock Creek. I was country boy, like so. Okay. I mean, I okay. I, I, I think I left. I, gotcha. I left that little town, you know, to go to Red Barons game once a year, or maybe maybe like once every three years. Yeah, I mean, I went yeah. to um, Knobles, uh, but like, I up up until like when I was in college, I really never got out much. And with outside okay. going to the mall, All right, I understand. So yeah, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. I, I wouldn't say I was sheltered, but uh, I mean. I mean, I rode, my bike. Yeah, I rode my bike to all my friends' houses. Like, we, you know, that's, okay. that's, that's how, we, uh, I got you. how we rolled. So I got I'm you. not familiar so, with Old Forge as a young okay. child. So this, I am a little bit now, but. This place was, uh, man, it was like, we, we grew up on this pizza. You go in there, the owner, Mario, this Italian guy, and he made these amazing Italian hoagies. We toast the bun. You get two slices and a hoagie. You know what I mean? Um, so good. Anyways. You know, so I smoked pot for the first time. I was like, oh, all right, I like this. I could do this for a little while. And then I continued to do that the rest of the offseason of football. Um, I ended up failing my ended up failing my freshman year of high school. So I had to repeat my freshman year. Damn. But the outcome of the outcome of that was I lost my senior year eligibility for football. So I couldn't play football my senior year. So here I am, freshman again, playing varsity football. I was a good football player too. I'll get I'm gonna get to you know me wasting my talents in certain things i was a good football player i was a, me and my friends were popping up 500 pound squats and deadlifts at 13 14 years old this is going back in the 90s Damn. and we didn't lift all year around it was like football for some reason like conditioning only needed to be done three months a year i don't know what it was but me and my friends were putting up serious weight in the weight room playing good football but now i just spent the last seven months smoking pot and not being in shape and all this kind of stuff. And that's what I wanted to do. Play one more year of football. Then when I went out for my next year, me not being able to play my senior year was bothering me. Um, 
we just wanted to hang out with my friends and not be part of that, that, that athletic life anymore. I don't want to do it no more. You know what I mean? I just wanted to hang out. I got my driver's license. I just wanted to drive around, smoke, party, go to school. I don't want to go to school. I hated school. Hated school. And um, Not for everybody. No, it wasn't for me. In my senior year, if um, my father was sick at the time, so we were getting um, – he was on disability. He was a mailman. So we were getting X amount of dollars every month for me being in school still for the family. So, like, I wanted to quit school. If it wasn't for that, I would have quit school. And um, I graduated, uh, barely graduated, and then I just partied for like four or five years, you know, hung out. I always worked. I always had a job. I was always financially, somewhat financially responsible, you know what I mean? But didn't really have any direction. And then, uh, then I decided when I was 22, I was going to go to college. 22 or 23. I think it was 22. I decided I was going to go to college. Um I went to, I enrolled in Lackawanna College and um, I needed to take remedial classes for a semester. I was so far out of high school and I screwed up the assignment, the, the assessment test. I was like, couldn't do a fraction, you know what I mean? And it was just like, man, I'm like, like I was just, just so burned out. But I ended up doing the classes, getting into the remedial classes, doing a whole semester, the catch up on everything. And I graduated from Lackawanna College. Everything was going good. I was, I was working. Um, I don't know if you remember... Old Force Pizza Express. They were in Park Summit. They were a newer business. It's going back to like 2005. So we're going back almost 20 years. It was a new concept restaurant, Old Force Pizza Express. These guys were going to bring Old Force Pizza to the masses. Like they were going to, they wanted to have, they wanted to have franchises and it was all hard baked pizza. And that was their idea. And uh, I remember I was deciding to go either go be a manager with them or go to Penn State to finish my degree. I graduated from Lackawanna College with an associate's in business, and I was flirting with going to Penn State to get my bachelor's degree, or go work for these guys. I decided to go work for them. I also worked at Marvelous Mugs on the mountain for like a decade. Okay, yeah. Marvelous Mugs? Yeah. Worked there for like a decade. Um, Great place to work. Just had a falling out with my, me and my boss were like buddies, and we kind of, we had a falling out with each other and I just had to leave. It was just unfortunate, but I worked there for a really long time. And then I got a new job here, a new job there. I was finishing up. I ended up going to Penn State. But when I was going to Penn State, I started on a path that I didn't want to go down. So my life was normal up this time. You know, my, my parents got divorced and me and my brother were close. Life was just a normal life for like a 22, 23, 44 year old. How exciting is it really at 22, 23? Well, for me, it wasn't that exciting. I'll go party. I work, go party, work, go party. You know what I mean? What was the back then? I played PlayStation 2, I think it was, you know, <laughs> some, some, some Tiger Woods golf on the PlayStation 2. Sure. But then my life really had no direction. Um, I was going to college. I didn't really know what I really wanted to do. I thought me getting a marketing degree was going to be when I get out of school, I'd have a job like the guys in uh, – what was that job with the marketing? Uh, Mad Men. You ever seen Mad, Mad Men? Yeah, yeah, of course. So I thought I was gonna, I thought it was gonna be like that, but you know, sure. it's not like that. It was, it wasn't like that when I graduated. I barely graduated, but leading up to me graduating, um, I was at this one job, and there was so many. There was more pills than there was food in this restaurant. Vicodins and all kind of painkillers. Everything. The restaurant culture is a fun restaurant, it's a fun culture to work in. If you want to yeah. party and you're single, you're not married with no kids, you just want to go in, work, make really good money, 
He's mm-hmm. making great money as a bartender. My yeah. God, I'm making more, made more money waiting on tables and bartending than I made any other job I ever had. I had some good, I had a couple of decent jobs, you know what I mean? Um, but it was just such a fast life and I couldn't escape it because you work till two in the morning and you're out. Yeah. Sleep until two and go do it again. Did you work in the restaurant business? Uh, so I used to work at Bennigan's. Oh, Bennigan's. In Wilkesbury. In Clark's. Oh, Wilkesbury. I'm not going to say any last names, but was your was one of your managers named Chad? No, I don't think. I don't, no, okay. I was only there. Was the I was, regional. I think he was the regional manager for a while, but maybe was, not. When you were younger, I was there uh, for maybe nine months, really, uh, okay. in 2005. Uh, so I was. It was like like my senior year of college, and then I graduated oh and I got a full time job, and I was going to actually try and and work there because, I, dude, I loved it, working as a as a as a server. I mean, the money was fun. I would have made more money money waiting tables than I did at my first full-time job. Um, But they were like, it's a conflict of interest because they were an average. I I was working for the Weekender and Bennigan's was an advertiser in the Weekender. So they're like, it's a conflict of interest. You can't do that. And I'm glad. I mean, everything worked out perfect because like I immersed myself into the Weekender. I was Johnny Weekender. I don't know if you know that or not, or if you remember that name. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was Johnny Weekender. People old. thought I people thought I owned the, the thing, and uh, I, I wouldn't have been able to do that if I if I was working at Bennigan's because a lot of the stuff I did was you know promotional stuff for the Weekender. It was out on, out at night, you know Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and that's when you want to work yeah. with restaurants. You want to be making the oh, absolutely on those nights. Yeah, so absolutely, it all worked out. But like <clears throat> I. I I encourage anyone to be a waiter or waitress. I I started off as a host. Um, yeah, me too. Bust the dishwasher, everything like that. And what's cool is like, I mean, I feel like everyone should do that. They, I mean, you you learn so much um, just like eating the shit, like and dealing with people, and like you just have a better appreciation for people who are seating you, people who are waiting on your table, and and hey, you know what? If the food comes out wrong, it's not your waiters or waitress's fault. It's, the, yeah. it's you know it could be anywhere it could be in the kitchen it could be the Absolutely. cook it should be the prep it could be anything like you know just just chill like don't make it right don't make your food over again whatever but I mean sorry sorry to cut you off there but no, yeah, oh, I, mean, I so, loved no it's loved okay it. that's that's where I get my feeling about not doing bad reviews because I worked yeah. in the restaurant business so long it's not just one person's fault or something goes wrong so anyways um. I'm working in the restaurant business still. I went to college to get out of the restaurant business, but I ended up graduating still in the restaurant business. I did everything, man. I'm from dishwasher all the way to management. You know what I mean? Um, I was a manager of this one restaurant for a while. It was an absolute disaster. Anyway, I'm getting off track real fast. So I'm just entering my, my maybe my, I had three more semesters to go in college. And by this time, the restaurant, Strong culture that I I was I got away. I was I was just drinking, and occasionally I would take pills and stuff like that. But then it turned into less drinking and more pills. A couple pills before the shift. Now it's pills before the shift, during the shift, after the shift, and um, it was actually I, turned into a disgusting life. Can I stop you right there, real quick? Please, yeah. Why Why do you think? I mean, because I mean, I I saw it. Like I was only there for nine months, and I didn't see a lot. But like. You saw enough. Yeah, I mean, and I, I was never involved in it, and I, I, I think people got that vibe from me that they never like offered it to me. I think they knew like, oh, he's a, he's a uh, on the straight and narrow, or he's like, you know, maybe okay. he's a narc or something like that. Not to that level, but like, I know what you mean. <laughs> just like he's, like, he's not, he's not into this this life. <clears throat> but you're right though that that 
the the restaurant business has this stigma to it or this like it and maybe it is you know the late hours you know i, I always say nothing good happens after 2 a.m but i mean people no, are getting out of work at 2 a.m they're you know meet up at, at house parties afterwards and it's a different lifestyle. house parties absolutely it is a life it is a lifestyle and yeah. it's i think it happens that way because the job is very stressful mm-hmm can be very when you're busy and you're running eight tables and this, that, and the other. It's a it's a stressful job. If you're not good at it, it's a stressful job. Yeah. I was lucky enough to where now when I started serving, I was not my first lone table I waited on. I was carrying two beers, two two bottles of beer. One went this way, one went that way on their laps. I had to go back to training for a few more days, but then I became a really good server. I'm just a slow. I'm a slow learner when it comes to stuff like that. I need more practice. I need more reps. You know what I mean? So I became a really good server. Then I became a bartender. And then, you know, I switched jobs and now I'm working at another restaurant. And now I'm finished trying to finish up college, but now I'm a disaster. Now I am full-blown Viking an addict and I need them. I want them. I don't want nothing to do with anybody else. I, all I want to do is eat these pills and work and finish school. Why but did I you slack off on work? Why did you take them initially? I mean. Was it just like, hey, like, dude, like this? I took them cooler. in the shoe. I used to, it was the feeling, it's the feeling. I took them when I was younger in high school and outside of high school. It was only once in a while. It wasn't every day. I never got physically addicted to them. And they also were harder to find in the early, in the, in the early night, late 90s, early 2000s. It was more like, I remember like 2002, 2003, all the Oxycontin came around. You know that story, don't you? Yeah. So I just watch the you know, painkillers. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, everything in that show, and then the other one that was on Hulu, mm-hmm. um, one hundred percent true. There was really no everything I watched. There was literally no exaggeration. I probably either lived part of some of those things or saw it in my own two eyes. The family going, the guy, the mechanic, yeah. going from. Everything is great, great family, great kids, um, you know, a really loving marriage, all that kind of stuff. And then he gets hurt and then he's in pain, pain, pain. Then he gets better. But now the pains, he he went from not being in pain to getting hurt mm-hmm. to being in constant pain to finding a medication that made him feel better. He's able to live his life again. But the pain was gone. He was, he was also high. So you're, right. the pain's gone. But now you have a euphoric feeling all the time. So here comes the pain back, and now the the pills you're taking aren't lasting as long. Right. The euphoric feeling isn't there anymore. That's the main thing that, personally, for me, was the euphoria wasn't there anymore. I wasn't in pain to begin with, but if I was in pain, I want the pain gone. But I want the euphoria. I bet he, if that was a real person, if he had to choose. Hey, would you rather be in pain? Or would you rather not be in pain and normal? Or would you rather be in a little bit of pain and high all day long? He's gonna, at that point, he's going to say, I want to be high all day long. Yeah. You're so addicted to them. Not everybody. Not everybody acts like that. I have I have I known people that don't like pills at all. They got my one friend got his knee operated on. He got, hey Rocco, he got his knee operated on. He got his ACL, all that kind of stuff. And he took the pills for a couple of days. That was he was done. He's like, yeah. I don't want them anymore. It was a couple of out of bills. It is good to go. You know what I mean? I wasn't like that. I chased those things. I'm calling the doctor up. Hey, I got a cough. I get some codeine cough syrup. Again, things were easier again 20 years ago, but that's just the life I lived. And the Vicodins. Well, you, 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 took them, you took them feelings. and didn't even need them initially. 
No, I took them. I took them for recreational use. Right. And what was that Absolutely. like? I mean, I've, like, those. Um, um, can you describe that? Like what the the feeling that euphoria, the, way, the euphoric feeling is? If do you, if, yeah, you broke up there for a second, but I get your question. Now. I'm just going to go right into it. Um, ooh, it's hard to explain how uh, how you. If feel you don't want to, everything. That's fine. Everything's in light. Everything's no, 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 no. I'm trying to figure out the best way to explain it. Um, the best way to explain this: everything that you enjoy doing, like this podcast, for instance, you probably love doing this podcast, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It enhances everything. It'll make your it'll make this even more enjoyable for you if you got that feeling of it. Not everyone gets that feeling of it, right? You know, I used to. A lot of people I know used to. It just made, and, it, and the best way I can explain it, it enhances everything. You feel differently. Um, now, if you're a cigarette, I was. I used to be a cigarette smoker. They would my cigarettes would taste a million times better. So I yeah. would chain smoke on them too. I quit smoking four years ago. Anyone that's smoking out there, quit, <laughs> quit. Your body will thank you for it. Yeah, I smoked, I smoked Newport Box for 25 years. Damn, 25 dude. years I smoked Box. I Newport Newports. Smoke. Yep, 25 years. I finally quit Newport. The Kings, baby. Yeah, damn. Menthols were good, but that's the best way I could explain it. Was now there's other drugs too I used to do. And I don't know if you ever hear of like MD ecstasy or they call it some other different names. Yeah, yeah. Ever hear of those before? All right. Yeah. So people ask me, "What's ecstasy like?" The only way I could explain it to them was like, "I'm like, it's like God on your shoulder, telling you to have a good time." That's <laughs> what that feels like. So I didn't do a lot. Of, I didn't do a lot of that, but because uh, that was just a crazy night. But um, for me, it was it was the Vicodin and my underlying addiction was the Xanax. Oh, there's a movie on Netflix called, I think it's called Xanax. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever came across that or not. I don't but think so. That's an amazing story too. I was prescribed those in my early 20s for anxiety. Um, I went to the doctor to seek them out because um, I used to take them once in a while to do schoolwork. I would take a couple of Xanax and I'd be relaxed. I'd be able to do my school reports. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So again, I like, I always chase those feelings. I always chase those downer feelings, those relaxed feelings. And there was just something about it that's turned me on. I love feeling that way. So love sitting home and watching TV and doing it. But then I got addicted to that. Then I started getting sick if I didn't have them. So I didn't know what that feeling was. Called one of my friends, explained it to him. He told me I was addicted to them. I was dope sick. I'm like, I'm not doing them. I'm doing Vicodin. It's like, it's the same thing. So my solution to that was, uh, Instead of not doing them anymore, I'll make sure I never run out of them anymore. And that was my new mission in life, to never run out of painkillers or anything else that I was taking. And I would, and I would detox myself from them for weeks at a time, but I wasn't doing a program. I wasn't going to AA or anything like that. So I didn't know how to stop them. And it just progressed. It progressed. I was taking 25, 30 Viking in the day. It was an extremely expensive habit. It was disgusting. Yeah. And the reason why I never took Oxycontin because when I was younger, I had a bad reaction to an Oxycontin. I took a, like an 80 milligram when I was sick for two days. So do you ever like eat, eat food and get sick and never want to never want to see that food ever again? Food, no. Alcohol, yeah. All right. All right. So <laughs> I've I've experienced I've experienced my last my last beverage before I got sober was tequila, but I got sick off Perketa That's the one. That's the I need, need Perketa for a decade. To, to, oh. uh, tequila? Yeah, don't blame you. I got sick off Perketa once. I didn't eat it for like 15 years. Barbecue ribs I ate. I had mono for three months. I didn't eat barbecue sauce or ribs for probably 20 years. Oh, man. Um, so 
I had that same association with that Oxycontin. Um, so I didn't go near them. My life would have been cheaper, but the next step would have been heroin. And I was blessed enough in my life. And I remember telling Bill this on his, on his podcast was I was lucky that I personally was never introduced or around heroin because I eventually would have taken it and I eventually probably would have died. There's no question. I, I strongly believe that. I actually get a little pit in my stomach thinking about that because the way I did things, I just would have kept on taking it. I probably would have overdosed on it. I'm just lucky that I was here. I'm here still. Um, so, you know, staying on track, you know, reel me in if you have to. Well, no, that's like, that's, okay. I guess that's like the, that's the next step, right? And I was like, what's it like, you know, constantly chasing that high? And, and, and like, you know, you said you had to like, constantly get, yeah, I mean, I can't like, you know, I watch intervention and shit like that. And I see these people like, it's just like that, bro. There's no bullshit on those shows. Yeah, it's just I mean, like I, that. It's insane. It's fucking insane. Yeah. It's just, it's like, it's crazy to, to to think about, really. I mean, I, I I don't know how people. I mean, you're f- so focused on just you know you know you know getting high so you don't get sick, right? Yeah. Um. And I yeah, people uh, you know eventually get to the well. I, I gotta you know I'll take whatever I can get. In this case, you're saying heroin was probably the next step. Um. How how come it never got to that that, that extent? It's, it's actually it's actually a messed up story how I never got there. Um, I was going to buy pills off my guy normally, like I always do, driving to like like the door. I, I don't forget where it is, like the door exit on 81. It was like 40 miles for me to drive. And I'm driving sick, miserable, just want to get these things as soon as possible, right? So I meet my guy off the exit. And instead of giving me the Vicodins or other pills he had given me, he gave me Suboxone. Now, uh, Suboxone, I'm not sure if you know what it is or not, but Suboxone is what they give to addicts coming off of heroin. Not, it's yeah. an opiate blocker. Right. It blocks the opiate. So he goes, listen, bro, I can't sell you these Vikings anymore. You're taking way too many of them. So either he was, one, looking out for me, which I doubt, or two, his new drug of selling now was the Suboxone. So he gave me one to try. And I remember I swallowed the first one, and I was pissed off about it. It's just you're supposed to put it under your tongue. And he told me that. So I tried the rest of it that I had, put under my tongue. And I felt like I just took Vicodin for the first time. So I took a little piece. The pill's about, about that big, you know, about the size of a dime. Mm-hmm. And I took a quarter of a quarter. And I was high off of that for about seven, eight hours. And I couldn't believe it. So I guess you high? I was. It got me. It got, I've heard other people, some, a lot of you know, people that are on heroin. They told I never had anyone tell me they got high off them before when they were detoxing for heroin. I wasn't coming off of heroin. Right. I was coming off oxy oxycodone, hydrocodone. You know what I mean? I wasn't even coming off of uh, well, oxycontin is, is all those things. But I was just whatever it was. It worked for me. It got me high. A lot of my friends were getting high off them too. So it was getting me high. So now I went from spending a hundred dollars a day just to not get sick. At this point, it's a hundred dollar a day habit to just not get sick. I want to I want to touch on something earlier. When you start taking it in the beginning, it's cheap, it's fun. You're waking up normal. You actually wake up in a euphoric feeling because your body has all this in the system. So you feel really good. Then you go a couple of days, you do it again. Now a lot of people could say now when I was younger, I was able to do it on a Friday night and never see them again for a couple of weeks. I didn't think about them. But if I did them when I was younger, if I did them Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. 
Tuesday, I might be thinking about them a little bit because I just had four days on them now. And now I want to keep that going. But I didn't right. do that when I was younger. I did it when I was older. So it gets to the point in the beginning, it's cheap. They're around. You buy a bunch of them. They last you a couple of weeks. But now every week you keep doing it, your body needs more of it. So now your body needs more and the euphoric feeling lowers. And we're always chasing the euphoric feeling. Just like when people say you do the first line of cocaine. You're constant. The rest of the night, you're chasing that first line of cocaine. I never really got into that too much. Um, I did a couple of times, but that wasn't really my thing. Um, but it was like that, though. You do the first one, often eat that, aren't as good. Everyone's a little less than the top one. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. It's weird how that happens. And uh, I, it was just so, so continuing on, I'm, see, now, now he gives me, the drug dealer gives me the Suboxone instead of the Vicodins. So now everything has changed for me. Now I'm saving, I'm buying, you know, 20, 30 of them off of him at like 15 bucks a clip, but they're lasting me 60, they're lasting me two months instead of me spending, you know, thousands of dollars just to not get sick. Now I'm getting high, but just like the other ones, the tolerance level for them went up. And the euphoric feeling went down. I went from taking a quarter to a half to a full one every day to the point where I got, I was taking two of them a day. So that, and it actually leveled my life out a little bit because it wasn't as chaotic trying to find the pills every day, being sick. I would take a little bit all the time. I was, I grew, I wasn't high off the Vicodins every day. I was high off the Suboxins every day for a year because that's what they were doing to me. You know, I did them all day long. Um, but then I wake up one morning. Well, I finally graduated. We'll stay on the college story real fast. There's not much to it. I finally graduated college in like 2008. But by then, I spent my last two semesters just getting by with C's and B's instead of A's and B's like I was normally getting. And I didn't take it seriously. I didn't do the right internship. I totally messed up my college career. I got my bachelor's degree, but it's hanging on the wall over there. But I mean, that's that's all I see of it. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad I went to college. I'm glad I graduated. I'm glad I took a lot of classes that I did. But I could have been so much more. I could have really used it for what the purpose of it was for. You know what yeah. I mean? But where I am now in my life, we'll get to later on. I'm happy with that. So graduated college. I was a, I was a mess. Finally got off the Vicodin. Now I'm eating the Suboxone. And um, they stopped working one morning. I wake up one morning, they stopped working. They stopped getting me that euphoric feeling that I was getting. I got nothing from it. So now I have a Suboxone problem, hmm. but I'm, and I'm not getting high off of it. It's like being an alcoholic and not getting drunk. You know what I mean? Right. You still need the alcohol every day, but you're not going to get drunk off it, though. You won't get sick, but you won't get drunk off it either. It's like torture. That's terrible. So um, for, me it was, for me, it was absolutely terrible. I didn't do it myself because I never knew the reason why. I used to always stop taking the Vicodins or whatever for a couple of weeks, get sick for a day or two, and then be normal for a couple of weeks. But the reason why I couldn't stop it completely, I didn't know how to live a normal life anymore. I always lived the life of being fucked up. You know, it's like an alcoholic. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's just a different drug. You know what I mean? Alcohol is work. I went to AA. I'll get to that. But when I was in AA, the alcoholics and the heroin addicts, the alcoholics were here. The heroin addicts were underneath them. The alcoholics were having the roughest time. Yeah. You know why? One of the biggest reasons is because they could leave that meeting go down the street and go to the bar. Right. As a heroin, as a heroin addict in recovery, it's hard for you to walk on the street and get a bag of heroin. Well, maybe not. 
but you know what I'm trying to it's say. It's a little hard. You know I mean, alcohol is yeah. legal, right? It's like, you know. Yeah, it's, 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 it's socially acceptable when it's the worst drug on the planet. Yeah. I believe it's the worst. I believe it's one of the worst drugs on the planet, you know? So I went from, so now that the box has stopped working, um, what was I doing in my life right now? Graduated college. I was working for Darden Restaurants for Red Lobster in a management program with them. And uh, working at the one in Wilkes-Barre. It was a good job. I made a, I made good money. Um, it's funny. As I told you earlier, I wanted to go to college in other restaurant business. But I jerked around in college so much. I couldn't do accounting. I didn't take accounting one and two seriously. My teacher was a jerk off. He didn't make us do anything. Gave us all A's. He did me a favor then, but he didn't do me a favor when I graduated. Right. I couldn't go for my master's degree when I was older because I can't do accounting one and accounting two because he didn't teach us it. He just jerked around the class and gave us A's and nobody in the class, 30 people in the class for two semesters, never told anybody in the school. So it was... It was just like, so stuff like that led me to being like, okay, I know the restaurant business. I'm good at the restaurant business. I do want to get in the management. So I stay in the restaurant business for, for a little while longer. So I worked for Darner Restaurants. Um, right until now with the Suboxone not working, I started. Somebody offered me, you know, when one thing is not working in your life, you know, somebody puts something else in your life. Whether it's God or the devil, hmm. somebody puts something into your life. And the devil dropped Adderall on my lap. Do you familiar mm. with Adderall? Yeah, I mean, I've never dabbled. Uh, I mean, I, you know I, what it is, though. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So people that are listening that don't, Adderall is medication for people with ADHD. But if you don't have ADHD, it's like taking speed. It's like taking meth. It's like over the counter legal methamphetamine. That's what Adderall is. That's the way he treated me. So now I went from being taking downers all the time and being relaxed to going four million mm. miles an hour. Every day. It what was, was that absolutely like? insane. It was absolutely insane. In the beginning, it was fun. Because again, new drug, new tolerance for the body, take a little bit, feel great. It was like doing cocaine with no come down. The reason why I didn't like doing cocaine when I was younger, because the come down off it was, you'd be laying in bed, it was a nightmare. Hours of trying to fall asleep, your nose is hurting you, you get nosebleeds. It wasn't fun. That coming down from that wasn't fun. So I, that's why I didn't do it a lot, luckily, because it was fun. But the come down wasn't worth it. And uh, But Adderall, there was no come down. You just go to sleep and wake up and do it all over again. Was there and was there anyone I, around you like that, that saw this behavior? You know, they, they know you as like the, the chill guy to like, all right, we're going to do Adderall now. And you're at a different level. And they're like, yeah, yeah my, normal, Brian, what, my what, normal. What's going on? Absolutely. My, my normal, my normal friends, but so a lot of my circle now were, you know, friends, like people I grew up with and we all party, we all did stupid shit back in the day, but they, but they got out of it. I got more into it. They were into that scene when I wasn't into that scene. Like in my early twenties, I had a steady relationship and all this kind of stuff. I was, start, I was starting school. Things was, things were normal for me while they were partying and that was fine. I go with them once. I was like a weekend warrior with them once. Right? I always worked in the restaurant business. So I had to work the weekends. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, they grew out of it. They got families and stuff like that. I was just growing into it. And a uh, few of my good friends, they saw it. They knew what was going on. Uh, my one, one friend, he, he, was, he, was, he, he went for the ride with me. So it was me and him doing it together. And uh, Adderall just makes you, I was so focused on everything I was doing. It enhanced everything super focused, but I got carried away with it. I couldn't just do it for a night. People that work were doing it for a shift. I started doing it at work. It's like I was doing the other stuff. And um, 
I'm waiting on tables on the Adderall and things are really great. I used to, have to tell, I used to, have to tell, I talk fast enough the way it is. I'm sure you got to retell. I used to, have to tell tables that, oh, I just pounded a double espresso in the back and then I got the table. I'm so sorry. People would tell me, why don't you come back in five minutes? You know what I mean? It's hysterical. And, um, yeah, but now you're, so you're, I was doing. you're so focused now. Like you're like, everyone's like saying their order. You're, you're not even writing it down now. You're just memorizing it. Super focused, yeah. super focused, super speedy. Um, I want to go a million miles an hour. I don't want to sit down. Um, so I lived that fucking insane life for, I don't know, how long was it? Probably, probably two, three years. I, no, no, Adderall, no, no, no. The Adderall was like a year and a half because they got, they got out of control really, really fast. So from like 2012 to about two, about 2011, 2012 to 2014, my life was normal. And I was doing the, I was doing the Suboxone. Don't get me wrong. That's not normal, but right. my life wasn't chaotic from my, from my standpoint. It wasn't chaotic like it was for a couple of years. So I was a steady job working my way through the program uh, for Darden and making my way up to management with them. And uh, then the Adderall came in. So now I'm screwing up. I'm at work. I'm on, I would stay up. The, the worst thing was I, I, I had no chill with that. I couldn't do it for a night. I would do it until they were gone. Three, four, I'd be up, I'd be awake for three to four days at a time. Wow. Then I would spend one day sleeping. Then I would spend the next day after waking up wanting to kill myself for a few hours until my brain got normal again. And then the Adderall was gone for about 10 days. There was like a desert in town. There was no Adderall for 10 days. Everyone's prescriptions were all lined up at the same time or something like that. You know what I mean? And I wasn't going to the doctors to get my own because the last thing I wanted to do was let anyone know what I was doing, you know what I mean? So for right. about 10 days, my life would be normal again. Um, I start going, I would go to the gym a couple of days a week. I would tell everyone, listen, don't call me the first of the month. I don't want any more of those Adderall. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Don't come to my house. But the first of the month, they're at my doorstep and I couldn't say no. Uh, so that so that sucked. I had no willpower. I had no, I had no desire to really, really stop. Um, I just needed to be removed from the situation. And that's what we're going to get to eventually here. Um, so that was just constantly insane. Like I didn't really have a normal, like I wish I was telling you a different story right now. You want to know who I am? Like this is who I was for. Well, it's, part, it's all know, part, of the, years of, it's, it's all yeah, part of the like process years. though. It's, it's, it, it got you, it, whatever happened to you, whether, you know, good, bad, ugly, it, it, it it's part of your life and it is part of who you are now. And right. there's a lot to be said about that. What year were these, these Adderall years? This is 2000 and late 2013 and two, no, like 2014 and 15. Okay. 14 and 15. That's when it was. That's when it was. Okay. Um, so I was working for, like I was, I'm years out of, years out of college and my life's just not, you know, finally moved out of my parents' house, my mother's house when I was like after college. Um, I was 20, 26, 27 when I graduated college. I lived at home. I was whatever. You know, I didn't even care. Um, yeah, I didn't stay at home till that. The, the, the people stay at home. Yeah, I'm Italian. I can't, I can't leave my Italian mother home alone. You know yeah, what I mean? She would cry. Jeez, wow. You know, <laughs> she's like, why do you want to move on? I'm like, well, it's nothing to do with you. Is it me? I, I don't bother you. I'm like, you don't bother me at all. It was, it was great. It was just time for me to move out. You know what I mean? Um, the reason I didn't move out earlier is because I was too busy buying. I could have bought a house. Right. If you wanted a Viking and I bought, I could have bought a house. I was too busy doing that. I, I, I want to pay rent, you know? Which is so, so insane to think about, right? Like, I'm sure there's, insane, there's yeah. been times in your life and, you know, currently you're like, man, now, hopefully, you don't get too caught up in it. It's the past is the past, right? But it's like, 
you know, people who smoke cigarettes a pack a day, whatever, and they they quit and they see how much money they save per month. But the like, car payment, bro. The yeah, you're, you're saying a hundred bucks a day. Like, that's insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. And I was making the money to pay for it. It was just absolutely insane. And I had nothing to show for it. And here I am now. I finally got my own place. These are going well. Um, but now the Adderall came into my life. And it, the Adderall ate my soul away. Um, I had a really good uh, eBay business. I was selling. I would go to the yard sales, the flea markets, resell. My biggest, one of my biggest um, things was wrestling figures. Mm -hmm. um, I was a really good reseller, and I made a lot of money. But as I was building that business and making a lot of money, I got deeper into the Adderall, and just I just spent money on the Adderall. I wasn't doing things well enough, and um, I was I wasn't shipping stuff. You know, I would sell twenty things in two days while I was high on the Adderall, have everything ready to go and ship. But now I'm spending two days on the couch because I don't want to get up. I'm coming down off of them and I got to ship these things. People are emailing, asking me for refunds and stuff like that. So I fucked up that business. I'd have a, so I'd have a wrestling empire right now. If a rest, a wrestling, a resale wrestling empire, especially the way baseball cards and stuff are now, my brother makes a fortune selling baseball cards, you know? And, um, that could have been something I could have got into, but it wasn't meant to be. I messed it up, but it's also something that's right there in front of us that I could do right now if I really wanted to, you right. know what I mean? And then finally, you know what? Finally, I got, I got put down. I, I lost my, I quit my job at Red Lobsters. I was messing up. I just quit one day. I got a job at the casino as a, as a dealer. Like I was telling you earlier, when we were talking before we started the show, um, I got the job as a dealer. I was working nights and my mother was working there with me. I was coming in there a mess. And you kind of get, you kind of like blend in a little bit in that atmosphere but not with your coworkers, you know, not with your coworkers. Like they knew what was going on. I come in there, I'd be awake for three days. I don't know how I never messed up there. How I never passed out at the table. Cause I used to pass out everywhere in my life. I used to pass out in my car. I used to pass out on the floor of my apartment, with my car running in the driveway. I would get up like it was nothing. I would get up and be like, where's my wallet? Where's my keys? Oh, more Adderall in my pocket. Let me eat those. Let me go find, let me go turn the car off outside. My life was absolutely fucking insane on these things. Absolutely insane for a good, they were really, really bad for about three to four months. That's when I finally, I finally got put down. You know, the one morning I decided that we I go up to Mount Airy and get a room, Mount Airy Casino, get a room. I'm up for about three, four days, drinking tequila at the bar, doing shots, and I blacked out. Came to came out of the blackout, surrounded by security. Person I was with was sleeping. They're gonna drive me home when. Um, they woke up. They're like, you should know better. You hold a gaming license. You're never allowed back in here ever again. I, I went right back into my blackout. I, I remember like maybe very small segments of this whole incident I'm going to tell you about. But then when I go back home, going back home to my neighborhood where I live, you know what I mean? Um, I grew up in this neighborhood. I lived up the, I grew up up the street, lived there for 18 years. Then I moved Across town, which is about a mile and a half in Old Forge, across town, you know? Yeah. I lived up there for a little while. Then I moved back into the old neighborhood. I moved back into my old, my, my friend Rocco's old apartment that his mother owned, who was like a second mother to me. I knew her my whole life. Um, she was my landlord. And I went, instead of going back home to my apartment, I went to my other neighbor's house, who is a cop in Old Forge. Mm. And my other neighbor's watching me do this. I tried getting, I went there, I walked into her shed in the backyard, and I took stuff out of it. Um, then I tried getting into her house with my key. I remember, I remember, I remember my holding my eagle key 
trying to get into a door and saying, why is it my key worker for my place? The other neighbor behind me, who I knew my whole life, was watching me do this, heard everything. She's a little old lady, heard everything. There's a car in the driveway, and I thought there was two, uh, I was talking about these two kids. The kids weren't even there. I sat in the car for some reason. I was hallucinating the kids being in there. Um, I'm almost certain I was at my aunt's, old, my old aunt's house on Main Street in Old Forest before I was at my house. I remember like standing in like the front yard. It's like my friend told me days later that drove me home that you got out of the, I went, to, I stopped to get gas. And you got out of the car, you were gone. So I, I had to walk home. So I was, I, I walked home. And on the way home is my aunt's old house on Main Street in Old Forest. I'm like, I'm almost certain I was standing in the front of the bushes. <laughs> I can really remember doing that. So um, I'm, 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 yelling, I'm talking to the kids that aren't there and I'm doing this, doing that. Well, I'm getting arrested by my neighbor for, um, and before that she arrested me walking up the street. I was carrying a Yankee garbage can with bath mats in it that I took from my landlord's basement that I was allowed to go down. I did my laundry down there. Again, my landlord was, my friend's mother, who I knew my whole life, 30 some years, you know what I mean? Was down there, I lived in that house. So I must have took those from the basement, did everything else that I did. So I got arrested for, well, the first charges were burglary, stealing the bath mats and the Yankee garbage can. But that one got dropped because I didn't really, she didn't press charges on me. Um, but the other ones were felony criminal trespasses. That's a nice mug. Felony criminal trespasses. Um, very nice. I need to get some more merch from my from my from my food page. Discussion later on, yeah. but I ended up getting felony criminal trespassing, like two three counts, um, public drunkenness, this that and the other. The burglary was actually the lead charge. They didn't get the charges dropped until after I got out on bail. So that was like the lead charge going into my bail hearing. You know, because we couldn't get in contact with my with her. But, um, but you know, by then it didn't matter, man. I was in the back of the police car. They brought me in the police station. And that was the town I grew up in. I knew the chief of police. I played football with him and stuff like that. He's like, you know, what the hell is going on with you? You've never been in trouble before. You know, you've had your bullshit around town, but that's just bullshit around town. Like everybody has. What's going on? And I broke down and I said, I, I, go, I need fucking help. I go, I'm fucking done. I can't live this life anymore. I, I need help. Just please help me. I'm, I'm, I, I, was, I was done. That was me. Rock bottom. I couldn't go any lower because three months before that, I got a DUI. I I passed out leaving Toys R Us in Wilkesbury, and I don't know how I made my way back, but I ended up smashing into the Lamp Factory, the pole, and like in the parking lot there. You know, you know what I mean yeah. over there? Yeah. Three fifteen. So I don't remember any of that. I just remember being in the in the hospital, handcuffed, and the police unhandcuffed me, and they said we'll be in touch. And my mother came to pick me up, and she's sitting there, and I'm like, oh my, you know, I'm just tired. From working at the casino, I just started working like the grave shift, like eight thirty at night or six in the morning, whatever. My sleep was a disaster. So it was easy for me to blame that. Sure. And instead of me to say, "Mom, I need help," and I could have stopped it right there, and uh, but I didn't. I lived the lie I was still living, and I finally got put down. So now I'm in the police station, getting all these charges, and I'm starting to come to a little bit, a little bit. But I'm still kind of in fucking insane a little bit too. I've been sleeping days. I'm dehydrated and everything going on is just, it was just rough. And uh, just going through the motions of being handcuffed and doing this, doing that. Uh, they, they wouldn't even take a piss. You know what I mean? And they bring me to the courthouse and I get arraigned in front of the judge and she's talking about something. And she's like, you know, she gives me my 
bail. She's like, $5 straight bail. I, go, I, I don't even know what that means. She asked me, do you understand what's going on? I go, no, I have no idea what's going on right now. No idea what's going on. My lawyer couldn't make it there in time. It was just it was a disaster. So now they're putting me, they bring me to the basement. The sheriffs are pushing me around, making sure I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing anything stupid. They're like, what are, like, what are you going to detox on? What drugs are you on? I go, honestly, I'm just on Xanax. I go, my underlying addiction at the time was Xanax. I was on Xanax for a very long time. Three, four milligrams a day. I abused the shit out of Xanax, but I was prescribed them on them for about 12 years. So I'll get to that when I get to the next part of the story. So I'm telling them that, like, I'm just like, listen, I'm not a heroin addict. I'm not this, I'm not that. And I didn't even know what was going on. You know, they're pushing me. It was just, it was an awful experience that I needed to go through. I needed to experience it because I remembered that like it was yesterday. Um, then they put me in the in the truck in the parking lot. There's eight of us. There's four here and four there. We're all cuffed up, hands cuffed up on our feet. And we're staring out the cage. And again, I got no idea what's going on. These guys are, who knows who I'm sitting next to in the truck. Things they're fucking talking about, things they did. No remorse from some of these people. Like, I was already in the stage of like, I, you know, I'm going to have to pay for this. Like, what the hell is going on right now? I didn't fully understand what was going on, but I knew I didn't want to be where I was. Sure. And they bring me, they bring us into the Lackawanna County prison. And the first person I see is this girl, like this girl, Stephanie, I grew up with. She was a, she was one of the sheriffs. And she's just like, looked at me. I just looked like, like, what the fuck? Like, this is where I, am I really here right now? Things started really coming to, coming to now. And then they bring you into the room and they strip you down. They make you bend over, do all that stuff you see in the movies. You know what I mean? And uh, they put me in the orange jumpsuit and they threw me in a cell on the bottom floor before they bring me upstairs. And like, you want food? I'm like, sure. I'll take some food. Then the time the food came, I was passed out. I wake up, the other guy's in the cell with me. He's tweaking out. He's freaking out. And I'm just like, oh, my God. And I'm a big guy. I'm, I'm, I'm usually like, I'm a, I, I feel like I'm a big guy sometimes. But I was so weak at that time in my life because I wasn't eating. I was barely eating at all. I wasn't working out at all. I wasn't sleeping. I was like a shell of myself. I couldn't, I couldn't push over a feather if I tried probably. I was so weak. I would have got my ass handed to me in that place if things got out of control, you know? Yeah. So I make my phone call, I call my mother. And she goes like, listen, I'm going to bail you out, but you're going to rehab. I go, please. I showed up to rehab months ago. Please. I was done. I was ready to get better. You know, I was ready to do whatever I needed to do to get my life back on track. There was no if, ands, or buts if I was going to do it or not. I know I didn't have a choice, you know? Um, so I, they bring us up to the cell. I'm in the cell by myself for about uh, almost a full day. It took almost a, almost about 13 hours, 14 hours to get my bail to come through. I finally got out the next night. But the whole time I'm in jail, I'm like, man, I got to get out of here ASAP. I have work. I have to go to work. You know, I mean, I can't call off for work. I go to work. Not knowing that my gaming license was pulled already. I got suspended because I got a felony charge and everything's connected, you know? Right. And I get out of jail finally. My mother and my aunt pick me up. They're crying. I'm crying. And I go to rehab three days. I I, I moved back home with my mother at 30, not 35, 34 years old. I had moved back in with my mother after I just moved out like five years ago. And I got moved back in with my mother. Thank God for my mother, because if she wasn't around, I, we wouldn't be talking right now, yeah. you know? And, you know, I went to rehab three days later. I went to Clearbrook. I was there for about 28 days, 29 days. And, you know, my counselor, Kevin, saved my life up there. You know, he was a great guy. He had a really good backstory and like things he went through. And he was the right person at the right time for me. I came out sober. I, was, I, I spent the whole summer going to AA. Um, so then it was time for me to, you know, to pay for my, 
for the things that I've done. And I was lucky enough to, I got charged with my DUI in Luzerne County. I got five months probation. I lost my license for a year. Uh, the judge didn't put me on house arrest or anything like that because I went to rehab and he thought I was getting my life back on track. He knew about the stuff going on in Lackawanna County. So I lost my license and, um, you know, I lost my license about, maybe about six months after I got sober. But first I had to deal with Lackawanna County and I spent the summer getting sober. I don't know if you're familiar with treatment court, what treatment court is in Lackawanna County, Luzerne County. No. All right. So Judge Berace in Lackawanna County, um, he runs drug court where if you are a nonviolent offender, like, you know, things that I, I did, high, drunk, all that kind of stuff, they give you a chance. You, you plead. So I pled guilty to all my charges and I gave up all my rights to Judge Berace and they put me on a program that kept me out of jail and they gave me the opportunity to get my record, to get my charges dismissed and to do eventually get my record expunged. Like it never happened. So I said, yeah, absolutely, sign me up. Now, when I said that to my lawyer, I'm like, I didn't realize like what it was going to entail. You know what I mean? But you know, I wasn't in jail. I wasn't going to go back to jail unless I unless I unless I fucked up. You know. So basically, I was on probation for two years, eighteen months. I did the program for nineteen months. I had to do drug tests. I had to call up every morning. I had to call Lackawanna County Probation every morning and listen to the colors they rip. They rip out three different colors: yellow, blue. My color was pink. So they said pink, I had to go in for a drug test that morning before 8.30 a.m. I had to go do that. That was probably, on average, at least once a week I had to go, but it was a pain in the ass. Sure. Especially when I lost my license and my mother had to drive me there at that early in the morning. Um, so, but I got on treatment court. I had the opportunity, I had to take drug tests. I had to, I had to see counselors. You had to see the judge every couple of weeks and you go through phases in the program where they trust you a little bit more, trust you a little bit more, little less work, little less work. And then finally, I was able to get my charges dismissed and I was able to, you know, get my license back and I was able to buy a new car. It was just things, things started to get better for me, but it all started when I started going to AA that summer. Now, I don't go to AA anymore. I went to AA for about four, four and a half years. I decided to separate AA from my sobriety and I'd be able to do it. I felt very strongly about that. And that was, you know, four and almost five years ago. So uh, AA, I would recommend AA to anyone as the number one thing you should do to get sober. There's nothing before that. Obviously, stop doing what you're doing, but you need AA. AA, just the principles alone. If you could call it anything else you want, call it Recovery Group 101 or uh Guys watching football talking about this one on one. Whatever you guys talk about, if you work those principles in AA, you know they are principles that you can live for by your life. They really, really are. It's really plain and simple. Like, just you got to let go of all your resentments. You have to work every day just to get better. Like every day, I struggled every single day to stay sober. I wanted to just walk down the street to the bar, and I, I wasn't even yeah. much of a drinker. I wasn't much of a drinker, but I just wanted to walk down the street to the bar or go get this or go get that. But I decided to, I can't do that. I don't want to go to jail. The, the thought of going to prison was enough for me to get better. That's it. There was no, right. there was no if, ands, or buts about it. There was one day, which I'll get to in a minute there, where I almost, almost skipped town and didn't want to come back. But I, I ended up making the right. I'll tell the story real quick. I ended up getting in um, my Honda got smashed right as I got sober. My Honda got smashed, and some guy ran a stop sign and this fucking almost killed me. You know what I mean? And uh, actually, this is, actually this is a really important story. Um, remember when I woke up? 
I had arm the glass in my arm, and but I got knocked out. And I, when I got out of the car, I remember I went to the hospital. I'm laying in the bed. I'm like, why the fuck am I still here? What reason am I still here? I go, I'm a piece of shit. I go, I spent the last 10 years of my life living like trash, wasted school, wasted money, wasted this, wasted that. I go, why did this guy just finish me off, right? And the answer came right to me immediately. I'm like, I'm, I go, you're still alive because you were wasting your life for that long. Now it's your time to enjoy and live the life that you were given. Because not everyone's given life and everyone loses life when they're younger. Like I'm still here. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm not here to, re, you know, to split the atom or reinvent this or do this or be that or be that. I'm just here to take advantage of the life that I was lucky enough to still have after everything I went through. So that wasn't the moment where like the NAA, they call it the God moment. That was my moment where I was like, this is why I'm still here. And ever since that day, I appreciate every day that I'm alive. Not, 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 every, not every day is great. You know what I mean? But sure. <clears throat> I can but, always find something to stay positive about. But you were, you were given a second chance, essentially, right? Yeah. And again, like, you know, to recognize that. Yeah, but to recognize that. And, and I think, you know, being able to share these stories and, and share these experiences, you know, for whoever's watching, listening, you know, for however many times you share these things, like, people like can realize there there is or there can be a light at the end of the tunnel there can be a second chance there can be like their lives don't have to be this rat race to you know find the next uh pill or drug or whatever it might be like there's 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 help if you need it there's there's these things that like I can't, I, I, I wish, well, I'm glad I never had to experience it. Right. Like I, I can't imagine what that life is like. It just, it's, it sounds like you said before, chaotic. Um, You don't know if you're coming or going. It's just, it's, Same, man. but to be able to, and, and you said you, you were there for almost a month. Right. And you're able and to rehab, rehab, come out yeah. of that. And then you did AA for, you know, four years. It's a long years, time. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many people that it takes, you know, 90 days, it takes, you know, a year or, you know, they get out, they relapse, they can go back in and relapse. And it's just this vicious cycle. Um, well, I got a theory on that. I got a theory on that. Go ahead. What's I mean, that? I mean, I, I, well, first of all, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, it, it only took you, you know, the, the thir- 30 days, but what's your theory on, on what that is? Well, it was just, but still, it was just the 30 days just to, be away from everything. You know what I mean? I need mm-hmm. to detox my, I believe now I never bought into, I never bought into addictions of disease. I, I just never, I never personally bought into it. And I lived, I lived it. So no one could tell me that, Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I, I fucking know what I'm talking about. All right. I needed to be removed from the situation just for a little while to get my brain and my body right. Well, my body right more than my brain is my brain took some time to get better. You did that, that feeling you want to get high. You know what I mean? Now I wanted, you have to want to get sober. I, mm-hmm. I live this model. Now you have, if you want to do something, you have to want to do it. Right. You have to, yeah, you have to want to do it. I had to lose 10 pounds for my mat, for my jujitsu match last, uh, last month. I was like, okay, finally I got 10 weeks. I go lose a pound a week. I want to do it. Now, I had to do it because of the weight class, but I want to do the competition. 
So I have to make the weight. It's part of it. And I just did it. You know, I still eat pizza. But you have to, I just you have to do it right. Now, I didn't eat everything I wanted to, I wanted to eat. There were some nights where I'd be like, I really want this, really want that. But I just had to take it easy and just make it to bed. But I wanted to do that. I wanted to get sober. Now, did I want to get sober because I don't want to go to jail? Yeah, that was my reason. Sure. People get people need to get sober for their families. I can't think of anything more important than getting sober than for your family, for your wife and your kids. Yeah. Forget not even so much your wife, of course, but your kid. Mm-hmm. Most importantly, if you don't want, if you don't get sober for your kid, you continue doing what you're doing. I personally believe, and people might shit on me for it, but you just didn't want to stop. You didn't. No, you chose the drug over your kid. If yeah. your if your body's detoxed off it. And you're working a program and you're keeping your mind sharp. Now, don't get me wrong. The mind's a very powerful thing. It can play tricks on you, but you have to just want to be like, no, I want to do that, but I'm not going to because I want to be here tomorrow morning for my kid. So what's, what's, what's the stronger want? You want to stay sober? Do you want to stay your kid? Or do you want to go get high? And most yeah. people, a lot of people choose to go get high. The second, third, fourth rehab trip, people yeah. just don't get better. And heroin addicts have it worse because... They get sober one, two, three, four times. They come out of rehab. They stay the, the longer they stay sober and then relapse, the better the chance of overdosing is because they're away from it so long. Yeah. And they think they're they think they think that they're so powerful that they go right back to the same dose that they would normally do. Right. That's why people overdose most of the time. It's it's a fucked up cycle, man. It really is. It it's, really is. It's unfortunate that you know that these drugs exist. Um, you know, there's there's um advocates for you know legalizing a lot of different drugs because um you know they'll be more regulated oh it's a terrible idea yeah it's i mean whatever it might be like yeah but like even like nowadays too like i mean you don't know you, you could you could do cocaine and die like like things are like laced with fentanyl like yeah they're lacing yeah. like everything with fentanyl now like lacing xanax with fentanyl it's yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's a scary, it's a scary world that we're living in. I, I mean, you know, first of all, thank you for sharing all all these like very um, vulnerable moments. Like, it takes a lot for somebody to a go through what you've gone through, b share it publicly. Um, and I hope that yeah, I, you know, people who watch and listen are. are you know, if, if they're in a bad spot, they realize, hey, you know what? There's a we can get better, right? There's there's help out there. You know, if 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 Brian can do it, I can do it too, <clears throat> because there's there's so much greatness on the other side of this sobriety, and then we'll get to it in a minute. Um, but I mean, it's such a <clears throat> I I can't, I can't relate, right? I just I I've never been involved like i i there's 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 been times i've said to myself or to other people even like i mean i wish i tried more drugs i wish i tried like mushrooms or i wish i tried ecstasy i wish i'd just like when i was younger (laughs) yeah when i was young and stupid i wish i tried these things and like i just didn't i just didn't and you know i'm thankful for that because you know you never know do it once and maybe it's like holy shit like this is amazing i remember every drug is a gateway drug every single drug is a gateway drug yeah, that's, I mean, that's something I, else I'll argue too. Yeah, it's it, you never know. I don't. I don't think there's one specific. Like, I think weed exactly. gets a, a a bad rap. Like, oh, weed's a gateway drug. I I think 
any drug could be a gateway drug. drug. Like it's it's it is what it is. But any drug, yeah, yeah, I I remember. So I I've done very little drugs. I smoked pot. I've I've smoked pot before. I'm not good at it. People laugh at me when I say that that I'm not good at it. Um, uh, It's just I don't know. I typically always like partake when I've had a few drinks. So I don't know if the, the combination for me just doesn't like jive yeah you're not you're, yeah, it's probably messing you up because a lot of times if you drink then smoke oh i, I go to the moon sick. i used to do both i go to the moon or you're throwing up behind the behind the building I, i'm not throwing up. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to the, i'm like i'm like i don't even know where i am like i i've yeah i've told friends like i i could literally hear if, if there's a i remember my, my one buddy's bachelor party back in like you know this is like 10 years ago we were in colorado it was legal i went to a dispensary it was fucking awesome. They're like, oh, if you want to melt into your couch, have this. If you want to be able to function, blah, 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 do this. Like, so we had it. And uh bachelor party with this, this like cabin in the woods. It was awesome. And there was like 20 of us. There's probably like five different groups of conversations. I could literally hear everyone's like I hear that group's conversation. I can listen to that group's conversation. I can listen to that group's conversation. It was amazing. I understand that. But, <laughs> but what I'm getting at is. Um, I, I wish I, I wish I would have done different things just to to experience it. But like, I also, I I drank for the first time when I was like 16 years old. Didn't really enjoy it. Taste was terrible. I was hanging out with some older friends who were like a year or two older than me. So it just wasn't like, it wasn't me. And, um, I was just very like, from that point on, I was just very like, I'm not like, I want to get good grades in school. I want to have a bright future. Blah, blah, blah. It wasn't until the summer of between senior and, and and freshman year, senior year high school, freshman year college, that I smoked pot for the first time. And it was because of a girl. And um, I was dating this girl and she's like, she wanted to smoke pot. And I was just like, I was there, I was never one of like, you can't smoke pot. Like as your boyfriend, I'm telling you not to smoke pot. I would never do that. I was just very like vocal about like, yeah. I'm like I don't think it's a good idea. Like, that's kind of stupid. And I that I'm not about that. So we broke up, and she broke up with me because she, she felt like I was judging her. Be that as may, I remember being at a house party. Uh, a buddy of mine, we were, we were hanging out. It was a party. He was smoking pot, and my buddy of mine was very like into fitness. He was he's on the straight and narrow too. So I'm like, oh shit. Well, if he's doing it. I could do it too. And like, you know, and this, this girl, like, you know, she's thinking I'm a fucking loser because I'm not smoking pot. So I, I tried it. <laughs> it was fine. Yeah. I also did a whip at the same night. Oh, um, fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then the next day I'm like, dangerous. that's dangerous. just crazy. Dangerous to do, but dangerous. Like, I, the next day I'm, I, I'm not a smart guy, but like, I'm not an idiot. So the next yeah. day I'm like, what, what am I doing? Like I could die. Like what? Like literally, you could die anytime you do one. Yeah, I'm like, this is like, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, like, fuck this girl, fuck this, these whippets. Like, what, what am I doing with my life? And I just kind of like, you know, I, I've you know, smoked pot here and there. You know, that was that was back in 2001. I mean, if yeah. I said I'd never smoke pot again, uh, I'd be lying to you. But, um, you know, it's just crazy how like you know you're you you're introduced to these things and 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 where you might go in that introduction you know yeah. where where it might lead to you know, working in a restaurant doing this doing that the other thing 
you know, do you have friends around you who are like, yo, dude, like, uh, we're not about that life. So if you're going to do this, like, we're not going to talk to you again. And you're like, oh, shit. Well, I don't want to do that either. Like, it, it's it's just life is crazy. And there's so many roads you can go down. Right? Yeah, there is. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's just, it's kind of wild when you really think about it. It's always, we go down, you know, we go down wrong turns a lot, but any wrong turn can lead back to the main road, you know, and I've gotten yeah. down, well, over the last eight years, I've gotten down some wrong roads, but still, still on the path that I want to be on right now. You know what yeah, I mean? Let's, let's talk about that. Let's, let's you, you've, yeah. you've hit rock bottom. You were at the bottom and you're like, I need help. Anybody. Yeah, like, I got help. Cops, help got me, on mom, that. help me. Like everybody help me. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, you, you accepted it. You're like, I need help. And you got help, right? Yeah. So talk about, from... you know, the situation. Jersey Shore. I'm not sure if you're familiar with yeah. that oh, uh, I mean, show. I used uh, to watch it. I used to watch it all the time. I actually I still, watched I the reunion. Guilt, but they got guilty no, guilty pleasure. Stopped, guilty pleasure. I, yeah, I stopped about a year or so ago. The reunion shows, just, I couldn't take it no more. The girls. Yeah, girls they're, not, they're nuts. But, <laughs> you know, I can't listen. the, the, yeah. the so, comeback's better than, uh, greater than the setback. Uh, all that kind of shit. Um, but talk about, you know, where your life, how how much better your life has gotten after you've accepted help, realized you had a problem, uh, took the right steps, all that kind of stuff. Took the right steps. I did AA for for the summer, got on treatment court. I was able to get my, you know, get my charges dismissed, get my record expunged years later. You know what I mean? But in the meantime, from there, I was, I was suspended from my job at the casino because of my gaming license. And I remember my got on treatment court. Judge Barres told me, "Absolutely not! You can't go back to the casino to work. It's a party." I'm like, I was like, "All right." And my my probation officer was really cool. He said to me one day, "He's like, listen, man, I won't be the one to jam you up. You get it?" I'm like, "Yeah, I get it. Whatever they told me to do, I did it." So Judge Barres, he goes, "Yeah, we'll talk to the judge again about you going back to work." In the meantime, you have to work. And I was it was going to take me a few months to get my gaming license back. So I did community service every day in Scranton for. Um, Pens of the poor. We deliver food to people, furniture, all that kind of stuff. So, taking the bus because I and then my license. So, I'm taking the bus to bus to Scranton in the winter time and all that kind of stuff. So, talk about humbling, you know what I mean? And uh, did that for months. You know, got my license. Then I finally went to the gaming board. I got my license back for work. Um, that was a miracle. Those guys. I went down. I had to sit in front of the nine panel judges in Harrisburg for the gaming board and they had to hear my case. They either know what I did, but they gave my license back. I was able to go back to work and the judge let me go back to work. So everything was lining up, going back to work. I'm making good money again. I got full time, got life insurance. I went from shit months ago to having nothing, having just my mother, all my money's gone for the lawyers, everything else. I'm now here. I'm 34, 35. I started my life 34, 35 years old. So seven you know, seven years ago, I started restarting my life and, uh, you know, it hasn't been easy, but I just had to keep doing the right thing every day and do my best. And I did. I, I stayed sober. Um, I did everything they told me to do on treatment core. I went back to work. But in the meantime, too, I put on a lot of weight. My new addiction now was food. So my biggest thing was when I was taking the pills and I wasn't doing well, I would... um. I would only take the pills after I ate after three hours. So I get the full effect. So now as I'm getting sober and staying sober, I just treated food like if I eat, I won't think about the pills. 
it was kind of like that, but then that went away when I sober. I got pretty good so uh, I got sober pretty good for a little while, but the food was just taking over my life now. Now I'm eating everything, so I got really big. Went back to work at like 260 pounds, and uh, but I was but still I was I was I was happy. I was eating all the time. I was working again. I was able to get my um, temporary driver's license to drive to work. Um, so I didn't have a car because it got smashed. But me and my mother worked together. She I asked my boss to put me on late shift. So she would come home with the car. I would drive to work. And I did that for a year. I got my driver's license back. I was able to buy my first brand new Honda Accord. Um, um, I got my charges. This, I, finally, I, moved back. I moved out of my mother's house finally again. I got a new apartment. And things were starting to just really go back to normal. I was, I was able to watch TV normal, have a normal life, you know. Um, a few relationships here and there, but whatever. Things never really worked out. Um, but then I was started getting a little stagnant. I lost the weight again, but then I started before putting we, it back on. Before we get to and that, and I apologize. Can we pause for just one second? Sure. Just one second. I apologize. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll be right oh, back. Okay. And we're back. I apologize. All good. But uh, yeah, you said... You know, you're uh, you know doing different shifts with your mom. So you have the car. Different relationships yeah, are things, going good and bad, whatever. But go ahead, yeah, I'm sorry. Things were no, it's okay. Things were really lining up. I'm, 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 I'm now. I'm back into my 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 new my old my new apartment. I have my own car now. My license back. Everything's going good. But now life is getting a little stagnant. Now I'm a little overweight. There's a lot, maybe a lot overweight for my for my for me. Um, I was working like two no. I was like 261, but I went back to the casino to work, and then I lost all that weight. And how tall are you? 5'9". So 260 is 5'9". That was big. It was big. It was very uncomfortable. Extremely uncomfortable. Um, I went back to work. I remember when I went, I remember when I called my boss, hey, I I come back to the casino. Oh, that's great news, Brian. You want to come in tonight? I'm like, oh, no, I need a new uniform. I need all new, (laughs) like 40, like 40 pants. It was just... So big for me, but I I lost all that. I see, I lost my driver's license. So I, I remember I bought a bike, and I was I, I remember. So actually, this is a very important thing to talk about. I remember when I finally realized I needed to get myself in control was when I went to buy a pair of shorts at American Eagle, and I couldn't fit into a pair of forty twos. They wouldn't fit over my legs. I remember wow. sitting in the back of my mother's Jeep, and I'm like, I cried a little bit to myself. And I ended up buying a bike off a kid in the AA meeting. I rode the bike. I rode that bike, pedal bike, to the gym every day, even in the wintertime, to go lift. Almost every day I went to go lift. Wintertime, I might, I might have got a few rides. But then I finally got my driver's license back. I got, I lost all the weight. All the weight went off. But it slowly came back on as my life got more and more comfortable. I got my car back. I put more weight on. I got my new apartment. I got put more weight on. You know what I mean? So it just started building up. But I was also lifting all the time. So I was bigger upper body now, but I was still really big. I was just, I was really big. And um, I remember my friend Rocco finally got me to go to jiu-jitsu. He tried, he's been trying to get me to join jiu-jitsu with him um, um, at Good Tree MMA like years and years and years ago. And uh, he, he finally got me to go. He was training for about six years at the time. He finally got me to go to a free seminar. We did a little judo, a couple of hip tosses. And we did some, uh, some, some, some punches, some striking. I was like, okay. So I came back the following week. I did a couple trial jiu-jitsu classes, and um, I was hooked. I signed up, but then I remember the first my first week as being a member, I was getting pushed around by these kids half my size, and I couldn't do anything against them. 
And I got like two days in a row and I got pissed off. And uh, I was walking off the mat and the one guy that signed me up who I work for, who I work for and work with now, uh, Tyler Mooney, I go, I go, Tyler, I'm done. I quit. I'm done. I, I, this is fucking bullshit. I go, I can't do anything out there. It was my second day. It was like my second day. You know, he's like, well, relax, relax. We're like, what's the problem? I told him what's going on. He's like, well, that kid's, he's training for, he, he competes. He's training for, he's training for a tournament. He's training for, training for about a year. I go, I go, oh, you guys do tournaments? He goes, yeah, we compete in this sport. I'm like, oh, that was it. That's all I needed to hear. They reeled me back in. My friend Rocco reeled me back and told me I need to relax. I need to stop using my strength. And then the longer I train, the better it will get. And they're right. It's really hard at first. It's very challenging at first. You have to stick with it. You have to want to stick with it. And I did. And things got a, things got better. You know, but um, I finally found something that I really was going to really enjoy. And the reason why my life was chaotic a little bit for a couple of years, even though I was sober, was I was working nights at the casino. I was working 6.30 in the night till 3 in the morning. Almost zero social life, unless right. you're with people that work those crazy hours. And I didn't live that life anymore. So my it was limited on who I could be friends with and hang out with or even date at the time. You know what I mean? So it, it was it was really rough. It was almost zero dating life. Um, and then my 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 friends that I grew up with, I hang out with. And now they go out on the weekends. They go to watch UFC, do this or do that, or go here, go there. I couldn't do that. I had to work like a weekend nights all the time. And it was really hard to get days off. And I I lived that life for years. But finally, when I switched over to when I started doing jujitsu, I just so happened to be able to switch to day shift at the casino. And I was always against day shift casino because it's really slow. It's boring, and the hours are like. 11 to 7. Now, 11 to 7 is a lot better than 6 30 at night till 3 in the morning. So I tried it for a couple of weeks and I really liked it. I got my social life back. I was able to go to, I was able to train jujitsu more with that schedule. Um, so then I just started doing that more. I started going to jitsu more, I started training more, more and more and more. Um, I got more and more comfortable with that. And I started losing the weight again. I got back, I, I was training for a tournament. I wanted to get below. You know, I, I need to get smaller to compete because as I, as I'm 230, 5'9", people in my 235 weight class are 6'3". Right, they're big. They're big, you know what yeah. I, mean? I was yep. running into that. I was running into that. I, I'm always looking up. And <laughs> I was a white belt and everything like that. But still, it's still competition. There's still a guy in front of you that's the same weight as you, but completely fucking different. And my yeah, longer trash. reach. So, yeah. yeah, it was just nuts. I needed to get into a lower weight class, and I ended up doing that. But that sport really got me going. And what year was this around? 2000 and – so I just – so four years. So 2000, 2018, 2019. Okay. That's what I just, I just, I just started – July was like four years, four year mark for me as far as training this goes. Okay. So what was that? Whatever year that was, you know? So that's when that was. And and my life got a little more, my life got a little more meaning to it. Like I was just like, I was just working. I was coming home, watching TV, relaxing, playing golf clash on my phone constantly. I don't know if you ever got into that game. Back in the a couple of years ago, I, I, I'm so addicted Oof. to social media, dude. I don't, I don't even get with uh, these games in the yeah, phone. Yeah, I, I need to take much. breaks off Facebook because of my hands, man. My yeah. wrists, my hands hurt from from going on Facebook. But back back in the day, before I was hooked on the Facebook, it was golf clashes. <laughs> Spending money on it, it was absolute blast. Um, so my life finally got a little bit of meaning to it, and I'm starting to be competitive again because I. I pissed away football when I was younger. I was just telling my trainer, I pissed away 
football when I was younger. I pissed away powerlifting when I was young. I never knew what my full potential what that was. I believe me and my friends, we could have been we could have been Olympic powerlifters for how much we were lifting at 13 years old. You know what I mean? Sure. And we never, I never personally found them. I, I did powerlifting for a little while and I picked it up in my early 20s again. But then I started doing the drugs and everything like that. So I got away from it again. So again, I wasted more potential talent. But then when it comes to jujitsu, I'm very competitive with it. And I do a lot of tournaments and I've lost, I've lost more matches than I've won. You know, we just went out to, um, IBJJF is one of the bigger, um, one of the bigger tournaments, like probably like the first or second tournament that you could, that you would want to do as a jiu-jitsu competitor. They're all over, they go all over the world. Um, we went to a few tournaments up in New Haven where I was able to enjoy the three pizza places up there. We got Pepe's Pizza, Sally's. There's a third one, isn't there? I'm not even sure. Up in, up in the New Haven. Oh, you don't know about New Haven pizza. You got to no. go online and you, you like you like social media? Go online oh, okay. and go on Pizza Holics. Go on Pizza Holics page. New and Haven. Right. New Haven, Connecticut. They call themselves the pizza capital of the world. So yeah. Jim knows all about it. So so that's a word. So, so we I started going to those tournaments more and more and more, but I was, I was losing. I was losing matches. I was one. You, you lose one, you're done. You lose one. Um, I, I lose one on Saturday. And I lose one on Sunday. And that was it. Watching my friends win and stuff like that, which is great. I'm always supportive of my team, but I take my losses as just learning experiences. But I was training for, for a while and I wasn't really learning off of the experiences. I wasn't training properly for them. And my trainer, Tyler, told me after the tournament last year in New Haven, he's like, if you want to get, I, I was up this, I was winning this match. And I lost it in the last minute. The guy got all his points against me. He passed me. He got on top of me. And I lost my lead in the points. Um, I didn't submit to it, but I lost I lost the match. And I had it won. All I had to do was just a couple other, a couple other things. But I wasn't trained enough to do it. And I wasn't listening to what he was saying to me. And he's like, if you want to train with these guys and stay on that podium with these guys of this caliber, you need to train more consistently. And he was right. I was only training once or twice a week. I was training Tuesday on like two or three days, but I needed to train more. And ever since then, I train more and train more. I'm getting a little bit better. And it's just, I love the competitiveness of it. I love keeping going. And now I get to do it every day because I left the casino in January. I got burned out from working there. It was a great place to work. Don't get me wrong. The benefits were great. The money was great. The people I worked with were great, but I couldn't stand the players anymore. I was dealing to the same Eight people every single day because they were retired. They play, they bet the same way. They they buy in the same way. They drink the same fucking coffee every day. They're miserable every day and they don't tip. I couldn't take it no more. And yeah. I finally got so burned out. But before I quit, um, the gym I work for now is Good Tree MMA. We have a location in Dunmore and location in Wilkesbury. Uh, we still go under the Wilkesbury MMA name down there too. So. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this, they have two gyms now. They offered me a job with them in, like, November. I was like, oh, you know, it's a little bit of a pay cut, no insurance, stuff like that. But I saw all the negativity of it instead of the positive of it. And I was like, no, I'm, I can't do it right now. I can't do it right now. And I came home, you know, told my fiancé about it, Shannon. And uh, I, moped around, I was moping around the house for about three weeks. She says, why are you moping around the house? I go, I'm like, I want to leave the casino and go work for them at the gym. She goes, well, then go do it. We'll figure it out. I'm like, okay. All right, that's sound all right. Let's I, I can do it, you know. So I called them up and told them, but by then they went to the next person and the spots got filled, which is fine, you know. So I still and I always wanted to be a personal trainer. And I said, okay, you know what? I'm gonna leave the casino. 
they're going to hire somebody else eventually at, when, at the gym when they expand, which is going to be the next six months. So eventually I will work for them, they told me. But in the meantime, I'll study to be a personal trainer and I'll do that. And I can bring that to the table with them. And it's funny, years ago when I started training, I remember telling my, my friends, they're like, how cool would it be to be a personal trainer and have like a gym inside the jiu-jitsu gym and do both at the same time? And now we're working towards that. It's, it's just unbelievable how I go from sitting in jail to getting to this spot right now. So I, um, I, I, I studied to be a NASA personal trainer for about a couple months. Actually, it took me about two months to study in, but six months to do it because mm-hmm. I sat around for four months. I quit, had some savings. I just needed to relax. And just I went, the, the new gym opened in January in Wilkes-Barre. And I wasn't working for them, but I was able to be part of it from day one and be down there a lot and work with these guys who I've been training with. And eventually I was able to get in there as a, as a salesman. Um, or I take care of all the clients, all the members, and I'm an assistant trainer. So, you know, we go down there. I work, I work about maybe 30, 30, about 30 hours a week. And, you know, 20 hours of that is training jujitsu with new, with, with new people that come in kids classes, all that kind of stuff. So we have a really good kid kids program down there with these two kids. Then we have the adult classes and we're looking to expand the gym already. Um, it's absolutely amazing. You know what I mean? The owners, you know, Frank Alonia, Tyler Mooney, and then, um, you know, Tom McGuire, they all own the gym together a little bit. And they're growing these this MMA gym that started off in Dunmore. You know, it's Good Tree MMA. They've been training for, you know, for a very long time. The business, we just moved into a new location, a new name. Um, and then the second location down in Wilkesbury now. And their plan is to keep it going. They have the system down. And it's just absolutely amazing to be part of, to be part of that now. I'm growing with them and I'm part of that. And... That's the future that I wanted. That, that's, that's the future that I thought about for a while. Almost missed it, and now it's it's a reality, and it's absolutely amazing. I'm just so lucky to be to be part of it. It really is. Well, shout out to your fiance. Is it Shannon? Shannon, yes. Shannon, yes. Uh, yeah, she's she a real sounds like she sounds like an, an angel. You know, that's like, hey, that's what we want to do. Let's do it. Yeah, so, absolutely. She supported me the whole. That's, she supported. Me the whole way, I couldn't do it without her. Yeah, I really couldn't. Yeah, and yeah, and she does, and she does uh, mixed martial arts as well. So she knows that drive. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you said kids. What age do the kids start at, or can they start at? Uh, six years old. We started taking like five year olds for tryouts, but six to twelve are the kids' classes. Okay. And we started want, with like three or four. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I know. I, I so I I want my kid. Um, I, I, so I think, you know, karate, taekwondo, jujitsu, all that kind of like, you know, martial arts and things like that, um, teach a lot of discipline and confidence mm-hmm. and all those things. Um, and in the, the world's a cruel place and, and I have a son and a daughter. My son is five. He'll be six in December. And I just wanted him to be able to take care of himself. Um, you should bring him by for, should bring him by for a free class. Five o'clock. So yeah, I, well, I, I want to. I, I I stopped by a karate class like a year ago. I'm like we're just gonna we'll just watch, but and he's just like not into it. Like he's not an aggressive kid. He's not like yet. Yet he he was still young. Um, maybe he'll get into that that uh, more uh, aggressive, not like a, a bad way, but just like I know you. I know what you mean. You yeah, know, what you mean? I, I think jujitsu would be a different experience than the karate because we're. 
you know, we're trained to remain calm in the situations right. that are dangerous. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the kids have a lot of fun. They play together. And, you know, I think, you know, maybe, you, can, you know, we'll talk, we'll talk about another time, but you can bring them by and see, and watch a class if you want to just be part of it. It's, it's yeah. a fun time. I, just, I mean, I'm definitely going to push it on them just a little bit. Just, not, not aggressively, mm-hmm. but just like, I, it's, it's important. I mean, I, I want to be able to take it care It is of important. Himself. And we teach anti-bullying yeah, strictly. Like that's that's what we teach the kids to do. We do jujitsu yeah. three times a week, and then we do a little MMA class, and we bring up a little bit. The kids really love it. We would start off with like two kids, you know, in January, three kids, and maybe four kids for a couple, like for a month. Now we have almost thirty, and it's awesome. just we're getting more and more. We're getting more and more. It's absolutely amazing. It really, yeah. really is. Yeah, it really is. And just to see them progress from the day they walked in the door to where they are now, especially the kids that were there from day one. We just did, we just did belt promotions, and it's just amazing seeing them not knowing what a headlock is or this that is or an arm lock, and now they're doing everything. It's it's yeah. incredible. It's very rewarding. It's very rewarding. That's why, you know, I'm I'm very lucky to be able to get the chance to do this. Well, I, I mean, do it every day. it's it's an amazing thing to be able to to be able to perform, right? Like, yeah, you know, everyone thinks they can fight, you know, and oh yeah, people who are trained to fight. Ready. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, they they can fight or they can defuse a situation. Uh, we just had a, a discussion today or yesterday at work, um, about getting in, in, into fights and you know, trained versus like you know someone being angry. And it's like someone who's trained will can like beat someone who might be stronger because of you know technique and things like that. And you know, it, ju- it just uh, it, it's an interesting thing to uh to think about no it is i remember the, old, the people always joking about oh you know i see red no one has a chance of me when i see red i never really i never heard anybody say that to me before i walked into turkey hill the one night a while back and the clerk was talking like oh i wanted the you know one of the shirts on you know and i wanted some of the merch from the from the from the gym and he goes oh you, you train up there i'm like yeah he goes oh he goes i want to come up there but you know my my fists are really hard. I don't want to hurt anybody, but you know, you know if I get you know, if I get hit or get or get, I, I'm going to see. I'm going to my eyes, I'm going to see red. I'm like, well, well, you're. I go, but I go. Listen, I go. You know, when you're seeing red, I'm going to be looking at you, and I'm just yeah. going to you know take care of you. So Slip, I go, clearly, we wear, yeah. I go. We wear boxing gloves, and we don't punch each other in the face. Like you're not going to like you're not going to hurt. I go. He doesn't know he was talking about. Then I just stopped. He yeah. just kept on. That's the first time I ever heard that though. Somebody say, oh, when I when I get. When I get angry, I get mad. We're not getting angry. We're we're teammates up here. That's not right. that's not what it's about. And nobody gets hurt. Yeah, people are. But you kind of like deconstruct things too. Like as a yeah. as a trained professional fighter, like you 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 can you know. I want to consider myself versus... a trained. I want to consider myself a trained professional fighter. But I know exactly what you're talking about. You're yeah. able to calm yourself. But jujitsu and jujitsu in general. It's you're able to slow everything down, and because you have to pick apart what the person is doing to you, let them make a mistake, and then take advantage of that. And I'm, as far as a competitor goes, I'm struggling with that. I'm struggling like chaining chaining moves together. Like if I go for move A, B, and they don't work, go to C, and that will work. But I don't. I just go to A and like maybe go to C later. But I, I, I'm having trouble with that right now. But you know. In general, if somebody untrained on the streets comes at me, I feel confident that I'd be able to uh, defend myself from them. You know, they don't shoot me. You know? I, yeah, right. Am I too old <laughs> to start? I started when I was 38. I'm 42. 
All right. I just lost. I just went out to. I just went out to IBJF Master World Championships in Las Vegas, and my friend Keenan Powers just won his Master. I know Keenan. Thirty. You know Keenan? Yeah. Well, I mean, like <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't know him well. I think we we played dodgeball like maybe ten years ago together. He used to work at the V Spot Bar, I believe. Uh, so I don't know him. Know him, but you I said know the bouncer there, right? Yeah, okay. but like I've seen you know, his like transformation yeah, but, over the years. And it just like he's he's fucking it. He's yeah, an animal. Yeah, he is. He is. He's absolutely amazing. And uh, you know, uh, we've been training together for. I remember when he started. We started. We've been doing. Um, we've been doing tournaments together, like since we started. Since we started training, since we're like you know almost three years ago before COVID. You know, or right after, like right after COVID or something like that. We started doing our first tournaments, and we've been competing. We went to Las Vegas two years ago for our, like our last white belt tournament. Um, you know, we both you know both things didn't work out for us then, and then we. Been going with all these other big tournaments, and he just dominates. He, he dominates people. It's it's great to see. And then like you know, my other friends will train too. Like I finally got my friend Rocco to come to a tournament. And like he 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 did really well. He he talked about first match. I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna grab. I'm gonna do flying armbar. He talked about the whole way there. First match, he did exactly that. It was it was it was really cool to see. And they're at and they're at little higher levels. He's a purple belt. I mean, he was a purple at the time. He's a brown belt now. And then you know, my buddy Jihad, who I fucking my buddy G, who I forgot to shout out last time. He never lets me hear the end of it. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I finally got him to come out to an IBJF tournament. He competed and he did really well. You know what I mean? Try to get these guys to do local tournaments with me. And you know, I was trying to drive the gym to do tournaments and like not just me. Other guys do it too. Keenan's the same way. Like he's the one that texted me about Master Worlds. You want to go out there? I'm like, dude, Vegas. For five days, Master World Champions as a blue belt, absolutely I'll do it. You know what I mean? So Master World is like Master 3 class is like 41 to 45. So I'm right in the middle. I'm 42. So here I am, you know, Master 2, 195. But I had to, I had to get down to about 187 because we have to weigh in with our geese on, which weigh five pounds. Our geese, and we have to be hydrated. So we have to be lower than the actual weight classes. It kind of helps prevent weight cutting a little bit, you know? But, Probably um, good, right? So yeah, we get out there. I, I lost my, I had to lose weight. So did Keenan, we made, we made our weight. I was in really good shape. I was feeling really good. I trained the hardest I ever trained. I broke down more than twice during the, during like, during this camp, like just like crying in the shower for no reason. Like I was in pain. I was hurting everywhere. I was stressed out. All I wanted to do was win, 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 win. I couldn't. And I finally, I talked to my teammates and my friends and they experienced the same thing and they had to bring me down to like back down to earth and i just started but then i trained even harder after that i felt even better and you know when i had the match you know the match is posted on on my on my on my facebook page um you know i went out there i was aggressive right off the start but i missed something i'm really good at. i'm really good at it's kind of like a stack pass i'm really good at grabbing the person's leg and bending them over their over their over their head and getting to the side of them and i'm right in this position in here and i did it wrong and um, he took advantage of that and he ended up beating me. And you know, I think about it every day. I watched the match. I stopped watching the match every day finally, but you know, I think about it all the time, but it drives me to do better. You know, so now I'm on a path to, you know, train for the next year and go back out there as a little more experienced blue belt at, you know, at 43 in the same class as these same guys. And, you know, it'll be my last chance at blue belt to do it probably. So I really want to go out there and, and you know, hopefully train hard this year and do my best. But I also need to train. I also want to train for, you know, not so much personal reason. I want to be able to be better at jiu-jitsu for the gym itself sure. to 
get to a level like you can't be an actual instructor of a class until you're a purple belt. So I'm probably a year or so away from that if I continue on the path I am. So that adds more value to the gym as me being an instructor that, that allows more classes to happen. And I'd be a bigger part of the gym. You know what I mean? So and that's really important to me. And it's important to me to be a good practitioner of jujitsu to be able to be the value of the school and bring that to the students as well, because I have really, really good instructors and, you know, and, you know, it wasn't for them. I wouldn't be where I am right now in this sport. And I just need to get better. I really been only been training for four years, but my coach Tyler would be like, you've been really been training for two years. So like the first couple of years, I was kind of like jerking off and not going a lot, you know what I mean? So, and then COVID happened. I broke my, I broke my toe for three months. That was stupid. And, um, but I just really enjoy it now. It's fun to compete and I get ready for a tournament in a couple of weeks. And it's just something I'm able to do now. And I'm not going to be able to compete the rest of my life, but I'll be able to coach jujitsu the rest of my life. And that's what I want to do with my life. And Shannon, you know, supporting me, leaving my job and doing this. And then Kutri MMA, Wilkes-Barre MMA, give me the chance to do it. I'm lucky. I'm lucky to be able to do that. And sooner or later, I'm going to start personal training, a benefit personal training. Sooner or later, when I launch that I, business exists, I just haven't done anything with it yet because I'm putting my time into uh, the MMA gym right now. Sure. I'm lucky enough to do that. So. Well, dude, I mean, it, it sounds like, you know, you, you did a 180, you know, you, you were in, in one place, you know, 10 years ago, and now you're in a completely different place. And there's a lot to be said about that. And I'm, I, you know, for what it's worth, I'm very proud of you. Um, it's not an easy thing to, to, to go through. Obviously, uh, a lot of people don't. Uh, so it's just, it's just, an, your, your story is, a, is an amazing story. I mean, you hit rock bottom and now, Good. um, I wouldn't say you're on the, you're on the top of the iceberg, but like you're, you're on your way up. Right. It's like, it, it's, I feel like my life just started a couple of years ago. Yeah. We'll never, really we'll do. never be on the top. I right? really we, do. We don't, yeah. we don't ever want to yeah. be on the top, but we always want to be climbing yeah. to that, like that next, that next level, like that next just a little bit, just yeah, a little, just bit. little bit, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I completely right. agree. Yeah. Grab that that next uh, that that. Uh, What's the next little goal? What's the yeah. next little goal? You know. But you know, let's just let's just say, you know, you can go back in time. Like, what's what's one thing that if you if you can go back in time, what's one thing you would do would have done differently? Whether it's, I would have done X in, in high school, or I would have, you know, it's not as easy as saying oh, I would have said no to pills or whatever it's if you can go back in time you know knowing what you know now what's one thing you would have done differently i know one thing that if i did do it differently i think it would have changed everything that happened in my life if i didn't fail my freshman year of high school i think my life would have been completely different because i would have been in the same class with my friends that i grew up with the whole nine years going to school right. i wouldn't have been i would have introduced to the pot I wouldn't start a smoking pot. I wouldn't have been in the class with those people. You know what I mean? Um, um, but, you know, I met a lot of good friends out of that, too. So it's kind of weird. But um, um, so I don't know. I don't know if I would change that or not. But it's hard, right? Because, like, that's interesting to think. That's interesting to think. I don't know if know, I would change that. Like, if I pick one reason. solid. Oh, yeah, it does. It, you know, I, I believe mean, that it does. It does. Like, it's hard to 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 believe that sometimes like my my dad passed away when i was 22 and that's when it gets tough to this day i'm still like yeah you know what's the reason for that 
Um, so it's hard to like, you know, say everything happens for a reason, but yeah, I think it does. I believe it does. I believe in that. I believe in that energy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't know if I would go back and change that because my life wouldn't be what it is right now. So right. that's really, it makes you think, but if I can change one thing, it would be the way I treated college because I'm paying for it now every month, you know? Yeah. Um, I wish I learned about finances when I was younger. Like, no one told me about a Roth IRA when I was in my 20s. Dude, they don't ever fucking be a, I could be a millionaire right now, bro. We could be, I could be a millionaire right now if I was saving up the money I, the fucking money I spent pissing in the way. Well, not I, even that. Not even that, me, dude. Like, I, I, I'm still teach you convinced. I'm still convinced that people, I mean, we're, we're roughly the same age, right? Yeah. I'm convinced that, like, our guidance counselors and shit like that, they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Oh, the 90s in school, man? What did we learn? What did we learn in the 90s? Not, think about no. what we learned in the 90s. We that, used none. Nothing, all, 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 they, all they thought was, like, you need to go to college because that's what you yeah. need to do. They didn't, they didn't guide you into, like, hey, John, you're good at X, Y, or Z. You should, like, entertain a thing, like, a, 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 a career in this. Like, there was, there was so many tests and, like, like you know, things you took, like, they didn't mm-hmm. take the time to sit down with you and like, hey, what do you like to do, John? What do you like to do? What, what like, Brian? Like, what? Like, I agree. They, they didn't do that. It was like, it's just like, they just like, it, it. It pisses me off to a degree. It really does. And I just don't think they were good guidance counselors. No offense to them. Right. I don't remember the one one's name, Mrs. Gregory. Um. I doubt she's watching or listening, but like, you know, but like we you never know now these days, though, I think kids have a great opportunity. There's, there's so much data or data, however you want to say it, um, available to kids today. You know, there's, and I hope they, they can utilize, I hope it's accurate too. Like, it's just like, I, I don't know. It just, I think we were like in this, this middle ground where, we're like a placeholder. Like technology's there, but it's like not really great, but it's cool. Yeah. Text but messages. Like, you know, you know yeah. it's just it's just, it's just like, like it's like stuff. It's, it's introductory. Like it could be great, but we don't know how to utilize it. So like just hang out. And then, you know, ten yeah. years later it's like technology's amazing. You can do so much shit with it. Like and well, there's no social media back then. No, but there's, media there's, there's just there's no there's no there's so much that didn't exist. Like there's like data that you yeah, can exactly. compile yeah. from like, you know, we have chat GPT now. You can just ask, you know, that anything you want. I just downloaded. I just downloaded that. For, I just downloaded Dude. that actually. Dude, it's fucking it's, great. Actually. It's insane. I keep yeah. on, I keep on spelling things wrong when I, I do social media for Wilkes-Barre MMA. And I, I occasionally spell things wrong when I make the reels or, or the posts. And it's just so embarrassing. Like, you know, my father told me when I was younger, we we're going over the spelling. He goes, you don't learn how to spell. It's going to affect you later on in life. I'm like, ah, no, it's not. Let me tell you what it does. Even the, even the fourth the computer. So yeah. I downloaded that. So I um, it's really, really cool, actually. You brought that up. See? It's amazing. It's, 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 it's cool, amazing actually. technology. Just, everything just everything coming right down. It really is. So when I said about college, I didn't go to college with a with a um with an end goal in mind. I just wanted to go to college to get a business degree. 
So that's what we were told to do. We were told to go to college. Path on where I wanted to go. I was older though. I should have made a better. I was like 23 when I started college. I should have made a better decision. You know, I was an 18 fresh out of the guidance council. But the college itself didn't ask me what I really wanted to do. Like what, where, what, what part do do they have in it? Like when I'm sitting in the admissions office asking to come to college, like, well, what do you plan on doing in three to four years? Then what's your goal? You give a shit. You're gonna pay 40 grand a year. Sign this. Yes, and this didn't aid for him. You know. And I just wish I didn't jerk off in school and not take it seriously. And I wish I had was on a better path because, you know, that also might not have led to where I am now. But who knows where it would have led? That's one thing that is like undone. Like, you know, and then football in high school too. You know what I mean? I don't know what yeah. would have happened with that too. So, so that's just a loaded question. Like I, I get to just keep coming up with yeah. new stuff that I want to go back on. It's hard, dude. Like I, I remember I was always a good athlete. I was, I was good. I was a great, great shooter in basketball. Now I'm five foot ten, um, white. Uh, so, you know, uh, you know, my basketball career was not going to flourish. But I was always like for high school in you know Lake Lehman School District in APA. Was a good shooter. And I was a pitcher uh, in baseball, shortstop in baseball. I was very like uh, I was never like a speed pitcher. I was just very like location was everything like right. i could fucking yeah. put it wherever you want whatever he told me to put it i put it but like i never i never i went to practice and i practiced and i went home and, and did homework i never lifted weights outside of practice i never practiced outside of practice like i think about like oh man like if i had like taken it to the next level when i was in high school would i have been something more I mean, something more being like, would I be an uh, MLB athlete? No, but I was always like, you never know. I just, it was just like this, like mid level, and I was, I, 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 I think I could have been better. I understand so, what you mean. So I try and like. Wait, but... Oh, go ahead. No, that's wasted. You know, wasted potential. We don't never know where we would have went if we just tried a little bit harder. You know, it's it's hard. Mm-hmm. We could beat ourselves about it. I could beat myself about it if I want to. Yeah. You know? But now it's nuts though. Like kids these days, dude, they're they're it's it's uh baseball in school, it's travel league this, travel league that. They're playing five sports, it's costing Oh my god, yeah, they play baseball year round. Yeah, it's it's fucking <laughs> my my son's the kids that come in, they have they do this, they do that. Yeah, my son's five years old, it'll be six six in December. Like I'm introducing to everything. He plays soccer. He plays baseball. He plays basketball. I want to get him into some kind of jujitsu, karate type thing, and I want him to like kind of find his way. Like, and if he's like picks one or two, like, all right, let's focus on this. It'd be great, but uh, we'll see. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, yeah, it's, a, it's, a different, find, it's a different find, world. Find something. Definitely find, it is a different world than when we were growing up. It's it's, it's insane. But the parents coming in and saying, "Oh, my kid's getting bullied at school." Okay, you know, I mean, that happens all the time, but now it's like it's online bullying. It's this, oh, it's that. Dude, it's, 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 it's vicious. It's, it's not insane. It's easy to defend yourself on the playground, but it's hard to defend yourself on on the that's, internet. You that's know? that's what and used to rule. Kids don't deserve that. Used to rule, man. Like, hey, let's, you want to be an asshole? Let's fight in the playground. Punch yeah, in the let's, throat. Get, let's get it. And then, then you're then you're best friends. So it's your Over. life. Yeah. Over. I got friends that I used to fist fight. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just the times are different now. I remember if I did. We were, we were 20, 20, no, we were 20 years old. We were drinking at a party and uh, I punched my best friend. He ended up being my, the best man at my wedding. Um, like, he, 
we thought the cops were at the party. I went outside. There's no cops. I came back in. I'm like, all right, everyone, just be quiet. And he's like, yeah. don't tell me to be quiet. And I'm like, bro, be fucking quiet. And he got up and he pushed me. And I, f- I just fucking swung. Fucking punched him. He had a black eye. Contact flew out of his fucking eyeball. <laughs> and, uh, you know, thankfully, he's, he was much bigger than me. And thankfully, after I had already taken my punch, my swing, and did all that, friends got in the middle of us, kind of broke it up before he was able to, like, pound the shit out of me. Yeah, um, that's good. That's friends good. intervened. And we were hanging out on the back porch five minutes later. You know, best friends again. But, uh. But yeah, so but life's, life's a fucking ride, dude. Uh, and it, mm-hmm. and what I'm getting at is like, uh, I'm like I said before, I, for what it's worth, uh, I'm I'm who am I? But I'm proud of you. Like you know, you could have you could have stayed at the bottom, and you didn't. So it's an amazing story. You died down there. You could, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You you could stay at the bottom. You could have been dead and and gone and and. You know, we would never be having this conversation. So mm-hmm. I'm glad we're doing this. Thank you for taking the time to do this. Um, as far as uh, D. Matei's food fight page, what are we looking at? Right now, it's, you know, we're re- recording this on a, a Thursday night in, in September, September 28th. This will probably released on on uh, October 6th-ish. Uh, any, any plans for uh, the food fight page? Any plans for... Jiu-jitsu, any plans for you know just life goals in general? Yeah. Um well life goals me and my fiance, we want to get married. You know, yeah, we've been engaged for we'll be we'll be engaged now for about a year and we've planned nothing so far for the wedding. Um we just want to do the like the church ceremony. I, I, I love she wants to get married in the church. I love the tradition of getting married in the church. So sure. um we're going to do that in spring and just have a little get together afterwards and maybe have a party later on down the road. But uh, oh, yeah. we want to get married. We want to buy a little house. We want to start the possibility. We want to start, um, you know, the idea of having a kid and start that process. You know, we're, you know, it's, Bro, you better it's, hurry it's up. Time to do, it's time to do it now. Exactly. Bro, so it's really it. scary. I mean, it's you're really scary you're, you're doing good, it. You're in good shape. I know. You it's great beard. You got a good jawline. You're fit. Like I see, I see, I can yeah. see the, the traps <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Like you're, you're ready to go, but I mean, you're not getting younger. I know I'm not, but um, you know, that's something that you know we're just talking about and something I'm scared about doing. Dude, and it's a, uh, it, I don't want to miss out on it though, dude. It, it is the most, it. and I, I I'm going to say this to you, and I, you know, I hate being that advocate for this, but like, I wish that I would have done it. I have two kids. Um, mm-hmm. I was 35 when I had my first. I was 40 when I had our second. So how was that? Was your go? I'm sorry, please. Continue. No, no, no. But like, I wish, I wish I had done it earlier. Um, it's the greatest thing I've ever done. It's, it's, uh, and As everybody tells me, and I could tell, I could tell like, you know, from your, just your mannerisms and, and the kind of the place you're at right now, um, you'd kill it. And it's, yeah, it's, it's so- an amazing, it's, it's, an, it's, 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 dude, it's so amazing. It's, it's, I could sit here and we could have another podcast about, you know, uh-huh. being a father and that, that's what everybody says and you know i get cold feet about it and i'm just like no. you're selfish about it you're selfish about it too but i don't want to miss out on it. i always think i'm like come on you could you could you could do everything you want to do while having a kid man you know it's not going to be like that i know it's not going to be like that every day i can't do whatever i want like i do now but 
that's no, I, I don't want to miss out on that. I think about what Shannon wants and she'd be a great mother. I see how she is with her nieces and nephews and even with me. And I'm like, that's something I don't want to miss out on. And then being around the kids at the school right. and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, and I've been getting cold feet about it a little bit. I have, but I finally, I, I, I talked it out and thought about it more and realized that it's just my own selfish reasons, cold feet. I'm scared, but it's also something I don't want to miss out on. It's like everybody says, well, you told me the same thing. That's the greatest thing in the world. You know what I mean? So I want to experience that. So that's life goals as a personal life goals. You know what I mean? Um, love it not paying arm and a leg for a, for a house, but I'm sure we're going to if we want to get it soon. Yeah, so whatever. Just, yeah I mean, like, give, give it, it is what it is. Take it yeah, out here. Explore, explore it in like 2024. See what happens. Yeah, maybe the everything costs a fortune. We have a nice apartment though in Kingston, so it's nice. I mean, you know, it's, everything's really it's, it's nice. We, we could we could do it here. So, you know, that's the uh, that's the life that's the life plans as far as the uh, the, the um, jujitsu plans. Just to continue to build the gym that I'm at now, um, and you know, compete more. I want to go back out to. Uh, probably Las Vegas again next year and do that tournament again. And, you know, I, I want to win. I watched my buddy Keenan win and, you know, I want to go out there and hopefully more guys come out with this, but I want to, I want to stand up. I remember we're taking pictures of, took a picture, me, Keenan and Tyler. Um, the girl goes, Oh, do you want to get on the podium? I'm like, oh, no. I go, I'm not stepping on that podium until I earn a medal to stand on that podium. And that's right. my goal go out there and do that so um you know i keep i, I keep training hard I, I keep coming back and i just you know you know like i said i just want that win that's what i'm that's what i'm that's what i'm chasing so that's the goal for my jujitsu personally and as far as becoming a trainer i want to learn more and become a better assistant trainer and eventually um a full-time trainer at the gym so that's my short-term and the long-term goals with that and the food page i mean it grows. It's a lot of attention with the food page. It took off, and it's funny. You mentioned talking about Jim earlier from NEPA Pizza Review. You know, he's the one that suggested Dimitri's Food Fight, and I put okay. a poll up, and people really liked that name. So, about a month later, I ended up. It really sat with me, and um, I was like, "That sounds great. I could do so much with it." And then my buddy, so my buddy Mike Rez and Josh Anderson from uh, some from Black Fuse. So, just hanging up here. If anybody can see it, from the Black Fuse Gallery in, uh, in Kingston, they're tattoo artists. Um, they're the ones that designed my logo. They also designed the logo for uh, Good Tree MMA and Dunmore MMA. So you can find them online if you want to at Black Fuse Gallery in Kingston. Uh, so when he, draw, when, he, when he drew up my logo with the fist, I'm like, ah, I go, that is just absolutely amazing and i go it's, it's, but i go but, but i want those two little pizzas for the eyes and it was like okay an easy fix okay and absolutely it's perfect amazing. it's perfect your fighter um the food fight and i mean at, you post online right like this or that and people fucking gravitate towards it oh they love it the food they fight love, the food dude. fight ghosts yeah yeah i try to respond to every comment too it gets it's rough out there sometimes. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Fucking forget about <laughs> it. You're going to get a thousand yeah. comments. It's just like, it, yeah. you know, people just want to, you know, put in their two cents and it's, it's great. I love it. And um, I do. It's like, it's, it's, you know, zero to hero story. You know, it, it, like I said before, you, you came from the bottom and, and now you're here and, um, you know, I, you should be proud of yourself. You know, not everyone comes out of that, that dark place like you have. Um, you have very great 
ambitions and goals and and you know family ambitions and and just all this stuff that is is a is a great part of life and a great part of like adding to society and um it's just uh it's it's all it's all great stuff and um yeah I, i'm thankful that you, you you shared your story with me and my, my audience and hopefully people can kind of hear that and you know if they're having an issue they can realize there is a light at the end of the tunnel um and if if, if they're not that. having an issue they're just like you know hey this is a, this is a great story in general so mm-hmm. yeah i appreciate that i really do i had a lot yeah, of fun I, I appreciate you reaching out to me and I hope we played phone tag for a little while. I'm real bad sometimes with the messenger on the on the Facebook stuff. So it's I hard. Get, it's, it's it's good. For yeah, you, it's just good for you to to not be so uh, uh, trapped by it all. Like like I I wish I wish it, you know if I wasn't I spent so much time in media. I was in the weekend, like I said, I was in radio for a while. Now I'm at Axelrad, um, but I use social media a lot for this platform. So. I'm constantly on it. I feel like I'm on it probably too much. And sometimes it's like, am I am I missing like moments with my family because of this? Um I, I don't think it's at that level yet, but I'm definitely on it more than I should be. And uh oh I'm on it too, bro. I'm, yeah, but I'm, like hey, dude, I spent some time on that. Dude, if yeah, it takes I if it takes you a day or two to get back to people, like, dude, that, that you're you're good. You're good. All of my pizza reviews are write-offs, so every time I get pizza, I gotta get a receipt. You know, ah, tax dude, deductible. I, yeah, I got it. Every I gotta, meal I eat is every every review I do is tax deductible. So, dude, I you know. I need to I need to <laughs> yeah. There's so much a business podcast could be a a great thing too. Like people people who are smarter than than I am and 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 you know, write offs and that kind of shit. Hit them up too, because uh, if you have a business, there's there's loopholes and there's write offs and there's uh, all kinds of stuff advantages you, you can. You yeah, can, uh, all kinds of stuff. You, all kinds of stuff you could do. So Facebook right. wants to pay people for everything now, so it's great. They all you they know? all want our data or data, whatever you want to say it. They yeah. they all want it. They're, they're they all taking it they from already, us. They already have it. They're all taking they it from it. us. Yeah, they're taking but. our time. They're taking my. They're taking my. My elbows hurt from being on the phone too much. You know what I mean? But yeah. I want the pages to keep on going. The page is gonna. It's gonna be so much fun. I'm gonna organize a pizza eating contest on all fours with the Times Leader and the Weekender. Um, we're supposed to do it like this month, but the time just didn't, I didn't have the time to deal with it, but that's, in, that's in the work. I was going to reach out to all you guys to get involved with it. So it's well, going to be a good time. Hit me up. I'm in Brian. I don't know if you know this or not, yeah. but you, you are currently on an award-winning podcast. Oh, I know I am. Award-winning I know podcast. I, am. I see yeah. that. It looks nice down there. I, I, I'm an, an award-winning host. This is the newest one. That's why I was this waiting is, to come on the show. Is, well, what I should have done, I, I should charge you to be on the show. <laughs> That's fine. I should, I should like That's Brian. Fine. You waited too long. I can write I got to put gotta, a little clip in this. I got to charge yeah, I put you. Put a little now. clip. <laughs> I got to charge you. Put a little clip on, on my foot page. It's a write-off. So I'm a three-time <laughs> award winner. What's that say on there now? Oh, well, this is the 2023 Steamtown Music Awards. This is for um, Podcaster of the Year. But um, I have two. Two. I won last That's year. Nice. I won, Congratulations! I won. Po- Congratulations. Thank you very much. I won Podcaster and Podcast of the Year last year. Those two awards. My son stole from me and took to his bedroom. They're on his shelf. And I'm like, hey, dude, you know what? That's a great place for them. I really appreciate you. That is a good place. That is yep. a good place for but, them. But uh, I'm also one, one, two, three. I've got I've got a bunch. Uh very thankful for those. I appreciate the recognition. And uh I you know, uh 
it's cool that people, you know, acknowledge it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. thankful for people like you that want to take the time to listen to, to, to me talk and, and just take the time to, to, to chat about what they're going through and, and uh, how they're being better. So, uh, thank you very much. Uh, Brian Dimitay, tell us where we can yes. find you. You can find me at Dimitay's food fight on Facebook. Also, you could, if you want to, train or get your kids involved or come train for yourself and do something different in your life come down to wilkesbury mma uh wilkesbury township boulevard just look us up online good tree mma as well um and then this you know brian dimite on facebook i post you know videos on there all kinds of stuff on there and just try to have fun and keep it positive on and have a good time if you want a little banter so the food five pages for you know what i mean i'll get into it with you i got no oh, problem yeah. You know, I just love pizza and the scores I give or scores I'm feeling that day and how I feel about that pizza. And not everyone's going to, not everyone's going to agree with it or call me trash or call me whatever. I don't care. It's pizza, bro. All all pizza is good. Old Forge, New York style, Jersey pizza. It doesn't matter. It's pizza, man. It's it's, it's all fucking delicious. Who gives a shit, man? But I'll argue about it though. I don't care. Oh yeah. People are bitching about Primo Hoagies and saying uh, Garrity's is better or Wegmans is better. I'm like, they're probably all really good. You know what I mean? If the bread is fresh, the sandwich is going to be good. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. But that's what they can. That's what they can find me and you know follow me. Stay tuned. You know, make suggestions, stuff like that. So, you know, it's a it's a it's a fun page to follow, and it's really it's really coming too. And I appreciate you. You, know, you got you supporting me and all my followers supporting me as well as I'm growing a little bit every day. Absolutely. Every day. Well, thank you very much, Brian. And uh, hopefully I'll see you uh, sooner than later. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you. Take care. Proud of you. You too. All right. All right. Later. Later.